Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coffee and Cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Tied at one, bottom of the second. There's a fly ball to left field. Miguel Rojas with a power serve. He hadn't hit a home run in more than a year until a couple of weeks ago. Now he has hit his third, and the Dodgers take a 2-1 to lead. 2-2 pitch, hammered to left field, hit a ton and deep, and gone. Have a night, Matt McClain. A two-run blast for McClain. It's his third RBI of the night, and the Reds are up 5-1. to one. The 1-2 one, pitch, swung on, ground ball, hit to third. Espin all down to a knee, he's got it. The throw to first, gets by. Here comes Castellanos. He'll come in and score. It'll be an error. And two are across, and the Phillies are in front, 5-4. to four. And the 1-2, swinging a drive toward right center. Back goes Robert. Back near the stands. That ball is gone. A game-winning home run for Chris Morrell. Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd. You just never know. Morrell with an opposite field. Three-run Bob. Game winner. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Coffee and cream alongside Damon Benning and Drew Rogers. Gosh, it's good to be back. It's good to hear you guys again. Good to see you via StreamYard. You can comment on YouTube. We'll get your thoughts there. You can also give us a call, 888-638. Four eight seven six. You know, DB, I woke up this morning and watched Sports Center for the first time in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I just turned it on. I'm like, I wonder what's going on in the world of in, in the worldwide leader in sports. I was, uh, you know, interested, so I clicked over, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's just you. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. knows it's mm-hmm. spring again. <laughs> what 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 caught your attention besides the fact the that Little League World Series? Yeah, I'm kind of over it <laughs> already. So, I asked you yesterday if you were a fan. Um, I used to be, but it's just funny because um, kind of having one foot in the baseball community, I just get, like, you know, pushback. Sometimes it's legions versus prospects. Sometimes it's, you know, well, these little league guys, they're not even the best in their – I'm like, ah, they're kids. Oh, where's they the birth certificates? They, they this guy's 6'2", 220, <laughs> he's 12. I was like, well, he's probably that, not 12. Is that the Albert Pujols <laughs> yeah. birth certificate? Because I want one of those. Yeah, he's probably, <laughs> probably not 12. I don't know. It's just – it seems like such a little band box that they play Albert Pujols! Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I like it. You know, I'm team kids, so well, knock yourself you know, out. Was, but I'm not like – did I'm you see like the stat in. lines for some of these kids? No, I don't pay attention to stat lines. Yesterday there were two no-hitters in the same I day. I saw the Czech Republic right? get no-hit. Yep, and so that was by Panama, right? <laughs> the pitcher for Panama. Panama. Van Halen. <laughs> had 12 Ks yeah. and a grand slam in four innings. Not bad. 
Yeah. Well, if you're wondering, 12 Ks in four innings is every batter Struck striking out. out. Yeah. <laughs> and again, then and again and then again. there was a pitcher for Rhode Island, a little lefty. Rhode Island Red. 15 Ks in the game. So you're like all. You can watch it in the daytime too, but we're not going to be home in a day for a while. No. All the, the meetings and talks and more meetings. Yeah, and some you know, more meetings. This was this was heavy meeting week. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's what we do. Hey, did you notice we <laughs> met yesterday in the dark? I love it. I was a I've, huge fan. Me too. Well, and Sasha and I were talking because we were in the original conference room, and our conference room's a little bit smaller, especially for our team. It's it's too small. Yeah. So we were in there, and we flipped on the lights. <laughs> she flips Blinded them right back off. by the light. That too. And she's just like, yeah, this messes with my eyes. Let's go up front. <laughs> yeah, like I'm – I'm like all in. You guys walked in. Everybody in this, well, I don't know, wannabe circle. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you look down at me and you're like, who are these people? Yeah, like, what is going on? In <laughs> That's here? how big the Herdette Sports team has gotten. Yeah, there was like three people in there. I'm like, they're, gonna, they're gonna be like, man, who's the random black guy? And I was like, I don't know. Hey, we got to hit our diversity quota. Yeah. <laughs> Check. <laughs> I don't even know. So I don't even really know all the entrances. Like, I'm just figuring them out. But I do notice that Bill comes in almost the same the same mm-hmm. door. The back door? Yeah. I'm going to start parking back there. You should. That's where I park. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And you, you're a big back guy. Yeah. Did you park back there again today? Yeah. No. no? I'm not this side. Okay. But I'm going back there tomorrow. Hey, you're, you kind of like and changing Kanye things grow. up. You, like you really seen. like to be incognito. That is that is for darn sure. Yeah, you know, it's kind of just blending in. Everybody knows it's pretty. No, it's 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 pretty cool. So it's like uh, it is full fall. Like it's it's go time. It's here. <laughs> it, it is it is officially. And once go time. tomorrow hits, when we get on the air tomorrow morning, and you know that there's football at seven o'clock at night. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty pumped. I'm not even the one playing. It was kind of a debate. Liquid and I usually go through this every year because um, we've been doing the coaches' corner for since I can remember, and we always were like, okay, do we go defending champs or do we go rank number one? Because sometimes some years they're not mm-hmm. the same. Mm-hmm. And I almost felt like this year we should have opened with Coach Yonk or Coach Huffman because mm-hmm. they play first. But I didn't want to buck. I didn't want to buck the system, so we'll open tomorrow with the number one ranked team in the state and go with Coach Lamangi mm. to open it up. Sounds like a familiar name. Yeah, but you know what's funny? And I was gonna mess with Coach Huffman. It seems like we talk to him in week one or week two every year. <laughs> every year. It's like they're either preseason number one or they're number two. I mean, he's got a nice little string going. Yeah. So we'll get we'll, what we'll happens get when them. you're a good football coach. We'll uh we'll get to those uh in order. So I'm I'm pretty excited. You know, speaking of high school football, and I've been kind of all in on this story and I'm sure you've been following along with it too. All the blindside drama with Michael Orr and yeah. the Tui family. Oh yeah, um, there is. It's since that movie came out, he has. It has. If you just do mm-hmm. research, like 
The lawsuit is relatively new to the public, but he has been unhappy. Oh, he's been fighting for a while. Forever. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it started because the movie didn't portray his story well. Yeah. At least he, in his he, eyes. He because, was not happy. Well, and that's Hollywood, though. You exaggerate to get viewers, and then, you know, it, 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 that's how you get money, and, and people talk about it because there's this bigger story than it actually was. Because if it actually went about his life, I'm sure it wouldn't have gotten the reaction it did, but because they made it so that it looked like he didn't know anything about football, he struggled on the academic side, he overcame both of those challenges to get the D1 scholarship, yeah. he got adopted by a family. Like uh, By throwing in all these added details, that's Hollywood, right? Yeah, they yeah. exaggerate in order to make money. But it, I would argue probably 60% of the movie wasn't true. Yeah. Um, you know, he came out right away, right away after the movie and said, no, that's not me. That, that's not me. I, I know football. I've been studying football my whole life. I've bounced around from family to family, which they got that right in the movie. But what they didn't get right is I actually knew about football too because I bounced around from movie to movie or, or, or from place to place. And so I hear what he's arguing now because this court case is interesting because if you look at it from the Tui point of view and you look at it from the Orr point of view – they're arguing two different things. Like, they couldn't be more mm-hmm. off the page from one another. Like, they, they are not on the same page. One side says he's been trying to do this forever, and that's the Tui family. He's been trying to lawyer up. He's been trying to get money from us. He doesn't think we're spending <laughs> uh, some, it equally. Some, some people are calling it a shakedown. Right. right? <laughs> and Or, on the other hand, is saying, hey, I kind of, like, was misled mm-hmm. in this process when I was young. Because what I thought were adoption papers ended up being conservatorship papers, which only handed them, you know, they, they were essentially financial advisors for him. Yeah, so, and, and I think now, and I don't know if this is post-airing of all the dirty laundry, but it sounds like they'll give up conservatorship. Oh, yeah. In order just to not save face, but I think they're going to settle. Def- I think they're going to defend their name. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have – conservatorship papers with the backgrounds that Sean Tui has being a restaurant. I don't even know how to say it. Restaurateur. Restaurateur. Thank you. Um, And so, you know, he manages money well. He manages business well. So that makes sense. But if if he's not getting what he's supposed to be getting out of this agreement, then, yeah, cutting ties is the move. Because he, he wants to eventually, at the end of the day, when a movie makes $300 million and you're the star of the story, mm-hmm. you want to see a lick of that, right? You, yeah. you want a little bit. It's, it's just weird how this thing's been bubbling under the surface for, for so long. Um, and now you get all, like, the, the, sl- the mud slinging. But I, I don't know, man. It's, I go back and forth because if I'm being 100% honest, I mean, I, I, want, I want good people – um, to help out other good people. Like you just, I just told you the story last night, mm-hmm. right? Um, and by the way, I, I was just telling Andrew the story of, of one of our players was missed, was absent from team meetings or our team dinner last night. And turns out he was at uh, CHI getting an MRI. And uh, there was a little cause for concern because we had just got him. We've only had him a semester. And so the whole getting acclimated mm-hmm. um, was interesting. So the funny story, I, and I told him how ended up just going down to CHI to the where he was getting imaging on 
24th and Cummings and um, got him dinner. And his little, little sister, she's five, got a couple Happy Meals. Mom declined, which is fine, right? Um, so dropped him off at the emergency room. Do you know how I had the, the, the money to go grab dinner? I got a good buddy who um, he coaches, mm -hmm. coaches youth football, came on to some money right before practice. He's like, hey, you know, luck of the trade. He's the guy that, like, wins shoes in, like, the arcade games and gas stations for, like, his kids. No, I'm dead serious. They've won, like, two pair of Jordans. Like, he's that dude. So he's That's at, incredible. So he's at practice, and he he wants to see what's going on. You know, he's watching our special teams and, and how to warm up. And, like, I, I go to shake his hand, and he he put some money in my hand. I was like, oh, shoot. It must be my lucky day. Life, life is good to be blankety-blank. Friends with you. So No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't have any pockets, so I, I gave it to our offensive line coach to hold. I said, hey, you know, this – this guy over here, good dude, just gave me this. Just put it in your pocket. Hold it for me. I don't want to lose it. And I was like, yes, now some – I said, now some, some kiddos out here can eat tonight. I didn't even think anything of it. That's the money that we That's used. Cool. That's the money that we used <laughs> to, get, to, to, to get through dogs. Yeah to get, to get, yeah, to get something to eat. So I called him. I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm appreciative, like – you know, paying it for whatever, whatever. Notice how one act of kindness. Yeah, it was, and it was another. on a humbug. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was on a total humbug. But anyway, like the the whole, like when I look at these, you always want like good. I don't care what you look like, right? If if you're other centered and you want to help people out, cool, right? Like like do that. Be be a humanitarian. Here's the problem, though. Sometimes, and unfortunately. When, with when cultures collide and different ethnic groups, at some point, sometimes people like come of age, right? And they they they. Depending on what their sphere of influence is, there can be some peer pressure, right? Uh, hypothetically, let's say Michael Orr's friends, like he he starts to 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 notice things on his own, right? He's maturing, he's 19, he's 20, he's 21, he's in the NFL, like his mind is changing. And he's like, wait a minute, were these people really being good to me or were they taking advantage of me? There's this thing called white knighting, right? Where, you know, the others come in and they like save the day and I couldn't do for myself, so I had to get this help from. Uh, and sometimes people in your own peer groups kind of look at you sideways for that right sometimes it's lack of maturity sometimes it can be jealousy it can be birth from lots of different mm -hmm. things but so often we see these storylines of folks um not um functioning with self-help and sometimes you just need other people to help you out right just just to get by I get by with a little help from my friends but sometimes culturally there's pressure so i'm sure just imagine Michael Orr watching this movie, and he sees the depiction, and it's not accurate. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Here comes this lady to the neighborhood, and, you know, she talks reckless to his friend. And, you know, it's like 
he comes across like he he doesn't know any better. He doesn't like his mm-hmm. can't grow, can't shop for shirts on his own. And I mean, he was kind of it was kind of this deal like he couldn't do anything. Right. Right. And whether that's well, it, and that's just more than shopping for shirts. It's it goes back to the school and the football right. and what, everything else. Right. The 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 tutors and whether mm-hmm. that's true or not the perception is is right. that he couldn't do for himself at all well and this movie was based off a book right. you and know what so I mean? how how true was the book then right so, so and how much so did they so pull I'm sure from the book so i'm sure as he matures and gets older like he stews on it well, yeah, because stews if, it, on if it, it doesn't have anything to do with your life or it doesn't fully and only only they know how much Accuracy right. and 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 ad libbing there mm-hmm. was done for the sake of the movie, but we saw the same thing. Where did you watch Showtime, like the Lakers documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. See, at some point, Jerry West is watching that show, and he's like, "Is this hey, how man. it actually happened, hey, man? You can't, <laughs> you can't portray me like that. Like, what are you talking about? Right. That, is that how you guys view me? And you know, they had to come back and say, "Hey, listen, we took some liberties here." Like, we, we, we took some liberty. Like, it's cool. No, because I don't trust that people that are viewing this can think for themselves, and I don't want that out there. All right? So you, you get, like, these conflicts of interest all the time, mm-hmm. man. And, and, and I don't know the backstory personally between the Tuies and the Oars. Well, but because every article or account you read is different. Now, you are – and you are talking – Again, you know me really well now. And, like, you're talking to somebody that will help just about anybody mm-hmm. all day, every day, right? Like, I have a oh, tough, I know your dream. I have a tough time of boundaries with mm-hmm. boundaries, right? So what, even me watching that movie, I was uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I don't even re- – like, I barely got through that movie the first time. And I'm just like, eh. Yet it's one of the most watched movies out hey, there. One of the most watched Michael, movies Michael, go out block there. that guy. Just use your big butt. Like, I just, I struggle with the premise of I'm only good at sports, so this is my vehicle. Now, and I acknowledge full well that sometimes that's a real thing, right? Like, the ends justifies mm-hmm. the means. But I'm just telling you, there's a lot of athletes that struggle with what they are in terms of their sense of self-worth because they think their value is only wrapped up in one thing. And seldom is it the essence of who they are. It's just the byproduct of what they can do. So sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes people really struggle, especially as you come of age. Right. You know, we, we, we're seeing it play out firsthand in Lincoln with the wide receiver room. As folks come of age and there's this self-actualization and this sense of self-worth, whether it's distorted or not, how it manifests itself, you just never know. And sometimes people take a look in the mirror and they're like, you know what? There's more to me than just blank. And how they handle it comes out in lots of different ways. Some people will go dye their hair. Some people will go get a new car. Some people will, uh, you know, take a job that they've never had. Some people will quit a job that they've always had. They're just there's sometimes there just comes these moments where you're like, "You know what? I'm tired of doing such and such and such and such for such and such. I'm going to be me now finally." And 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 what the byproduct of that is, you just never know. Well, and you know what's funny to me too is 
how people are now calling for Sandra Bullock to give away, like, or have her Oscar award stripped from this yeah, movie. Yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah, you know, and I'm happy you I'm, said I'm, that because... I'm not, I'm not about that life. And she what, played a role, well, man. And like, so this is my thought process. She wins an award, mm-hmm. okay? She wins an award for her job mm-hmm. by doing it the right way. She read her lines, right? She acted in the movie, and she got an award because of it. Whether it, whether you like the story or you dislike the story or you think it was right or you think it was wrong, what does that have to do with Sandra Bullock winning an award? Yeah. Like, if she, didn't, if she didn't take that job, they would have just found another actress to take that job. Yeah. The movie I, was still go- going to go on. I, I'm not mad at Matthew McConaughey for his role in Amistad. <laughs> what are we talking about? You know what I mean? So, like... It just makes me laugh how people get mad about one thing and then just call for people's heads. No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not. That, I'm what, not are, about. what are we doing? Be uh, mad about the film if you're mad about the film, but don't be mad about the people in the film because they just did a job. They just played a role, <laughs> and that's it. That, that's it. At the end of the day, that's all they did. Let's go to Jay on line one here, Shane, and uh, talk about the movie, get his thoughts. Jay, good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, so, uh Diamond Beach. And uh, it's a good thing, man. I love it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Let me be honest with you. This is what made me even want to know a little bit about more about the situation. I was watching on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if it's like the main show. With uh, Anyway, it was like the Husker show or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about it like, and they were like, well, does Michael Orr need money? And I was like, what? And I was like, so, so hold on, how is Michael Orr wrong? What do you do? So as I started, I got in a little, uh, you know, another article popped up about it, and I listened to another uh, uh, radio personality, and then they gave some insight as to what is really the error in this situation, like the fact that this kid was seven, was 18 when they signed a contract with him, just making them basically, and I'm using the wrong phrasing, I'm not a lawyer, that like he, they became his power of attorney, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and kind of had control over, you know, what he, you know, what he did in his business transactions, to the point where he didn't even get paid for the story, supposedly. Oh, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, like supposedly he did not get his, or he, if he didn't get paid, he didn't get his fair cut. Mm-hmm. You dig know what I mean? Like they right. negotiated his the entire contract of this situation for him because he was too young, right? And and now that like that is what it is. That's bad business. And that's just not just and that's not right. Well, right. especially so especially money. when they preach familial values. Like if that's really what it yeah. was at the end of the day. Like and, and you know we're we're really on the outside looking in here. We don't what, know the true yeah, story. 100%. So like we're just kind of speculating at this point. But you know what's funny to me, Jay, is that this movie like what seemed like the only accurate depiction of this movie was the fact that it was solely based really on the academic side of things and trying to get eligible so that you could play football. And then you come back to what is today with this contract and not understanding it. And you're having him like, you know, sign some papers and then boom, here's where we are. I just thought that was kind of a little ironic that the movie preached academics, but he never really had any understanding. Like if really, if Michael Orr is guilty of something right now, it's negligence. He just didn't know really what he was signing. Uh, I don't know about negligence as much as I would say ignorance, right? Uh, that could, yeah, that could because, be a better because word. Because he's, operating, yeah, that, he's that, operating in the unknown. Right, right. Yeah, that could be know, a better thing. Yeah, that's, that's more ignorance. And two, and two, if somebody, right, if, if you grow up in a different culture, right, I ain't going to even talk about, I ain't going to get all even that, but like you grow up in a different situation, 
then somebody shows you something completely different that you've seen depicted on the big screen a thousand times. Like they in, in the movie, it made it seem as if this guy went from you know a bad situation to a great situation. You know what I mean, and in that process, they they could have told him anything and he would have believed it. To be honest, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Well, the but, good. Uh, I was just going to – no, 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 I appreciate you, man. Uh, Thanks for the call. The good news is, at least with money, DB, there's normally a paper trail. Yeah. So (laughs) this could probably be tracked to if he got his pay or if he didn't or if they're holding out on him and they owe him money, and that can also take care of itself too. That will will probably get uncovered as we uh, continue with this story. Jesse, stay there. We'll get to you when we come out of the break. More coffee and cream next. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, Coffee and Cream, alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, Shane Schillerberg in the house. We are live from the H and H Chevrolet stage at the bar. Soon to be representing Herd Ad Sports because we are Herd Ad Sports Radio now here on Coffee and Cream. Uh, it does. And add grill to it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> now now that it's Herd Ad Sports Bar and Grill, this is interesting because we have a DB burger, right? We have the Benning burger, which is, it's got the egg on it, right? The jalapenos. Mm. I love pepper jack. So, with all the new faces that we have on our team, does ev- is everybody getting a, an, a menu item because it's heard at sports now? <laughs> out of my office yesterday, in case you didn't. Yeah, that was funny. I'm like, no. I'm cool with it. I'm just, you guys yeah, so we're polar opposites, <laughs> right? They're like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, do you want to do you want to share your office? No. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah, care. I'll do whatever. No, I don't want to share. If that means that I need to be there whenever, sure I will. I don't I don't like people living in my own house. <laughs> Let alone share share an office. Like, are you crazy? Oh, uh, you shot that down so fast. Dude, too. I didn't even have to give I mm-hmm. barely let her finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, can we play music, Shane? Uh, <laughs> dude. <laughs> you think it was like Rocket Science? Man. <laughs> Why are you needling? Pardon? Huh? Noodling? Yeah, noodling. So I had a former boss that used that term, and I had to Google it. 
Noodling? I've been noodling some ideas. Well, noodle this, he would say. And I'm like, yeah, who says that in a sentence? Well, Andrew, yeah, why, why, why are you doing that? Joel, no. No. <laughs> hey, not going to say that. <laughs> I miss Joel. I, I need Let's to bring him back, Shane. I need to talk to him just to laugh a little bit. Hmm. Hmm. He was not afraid. Well, to, he was not afraid to pause and be like, "Man, that's a good question." <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, and you know it's funny too because Joel and we gave him we gave him a little grief for basically waking up to our phone call. Yeah, he's uh, um, hello. Hello. <laughs> He'd be like. What's going on? I was up till two. I was watching the. I was watching the Warriors. Me- Memphis I was watching in, the Lakers. Memphis in the Thunder. Like, are you a junkie? Hey, stop laughing. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna hey, let you do that to me. Yeah. I'm not gonna let you do hey, that. Hey, stop! Stop laughing, man. <laughs> uh, hey, stop laughing. Shane, let's let's go to line two and talk to Jesse. Uh, Jesse, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, it's twice in one week. So, J- Jesse, I'm I am not gonna cut fresh flowers for you. <laughs> What's up, buddy? What I miss? Shane, who's Steely Dan, Carly Dan, Dan somebody? Oh. Go ahead, Jesse. Sorry. No, no, no. I don't want to tell you again, but you got to do something about that on hold music. <laughs> I don't want to have to tell you again. Hey, Jesse, it's kind of passive aggressive on a Jesse, Thursday. Jesse, you have to understand, we can't play music. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to have to tell you again. <laughs> We've talked about the stress of di- driving down Center Street, and I'm telling you, between that music and, and, and the traffic, I'm going to put my car through again. <laughs> hey, quietly, though, good call for Gandolfos. They don't pay me enough, but, man, their breakfast is off the hook. Yeah, somebody told me that they're the best they sandwich place in town. They are legit. Oh, not even. It's not even close. They are not legit. Not but, hey, man, so you're talking about the, this Michael Orr story and all that, and you got talking about the blind side. I just want to say, and maybe I'm just like, I don't know, man speaking or man's playing to some people, but like I knew about the story before the movie came out. That and I'm kind of with you, Damon. There were some things that bothered me because I did know about the story. Like first off, he was a known commodity. Uh-huh. Like he wasn't a guy. He wasn't some dumb kid who just stumbled into a private school. And does everybody understand who that coach was at that school? Like that was Hugh Freeze. Yeah. And it's it's like, I I just said off air. He goes, is what what you know? Because Andrew's trying to pick my brain about what was really pissing me off. And I go, well, let's just start with how they were coaching it. Right. Like they they made it seem like, uh, you know, like he couldn't string two sentences together. Right. Oh, just block that guy. And I was like, nobody coaches like that. Yeah, Jesse. I told him. I said, can you imagine? Can you imagine me? Not a football coach. Not a football player. Like ever in my day. Walking out on Westside's football field and going, DB, I got this. Like, let me, let me coach this guy up real fast. I was like, it's, it's a, it was a struggle to get. To. I saw Blindside Jesse two years later than when it came out. Oh, yeah. But oh, that's I what thought. movies and TV are, though, to entertain, right? Dude, the exploitation yeah. was driving yeah. me bonkers. Yeah. Well, one other thing. You did mention the Lakers. Uh, and so this is the other end of the spectrum. Uh, that The uh, uh, Showtime show. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. not show. Yeah. It's called Winning Time, right? Yep. So I love that show. I'm I'm in season two. We're watching it, and I followed the controversy, and then I saw you know Magic's upset, Jerry's upset, and so they do their own Hulu documentary. Did you watch that? I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet because no. I don't have Hulu, but I knew there was a clapback. Okay, so spo- spoiler alert: I go and watch the clapback, <laughs> and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for all these different takes, 
and there it's wasn't. The exact same story. Yeah. And the funniest part about the whole deal was Jerry West was all upset because he was portrayed as an angry old man, so he comes out as an angry old man to be upset. <laughs> That Dude. that 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 is kind of like what's going around in our in our circle is that like he didn't the quote was he didn't do himself any favors. No, absolutely not. And, and how is Magic gonna sit here and be like I was portrayed wrong when like come come on, dude? Because like, yeah, he signed with Converse. It, you know what? You know what's funny? I I wake up about twice a week, Jesse, and I'm like, uh, Magic Johnson is one of those people that, as I'm forty, whatever I am, eight or nine does not fit my current day personality but he's always been one of my favorites of favorites so i just hang in there with him he he drives me up the wall but i still love him for sure you know the the biggest credit i can say about that show is i am a lifelong diehard celtics fan and i watch that show and i'm yeah i mean you're rooting for the lakers it's it's weird like i love how they portray bird and he pops up and like in the corner of the room when Magic's just sitting there talking to himself, that's some of the best stuff. <laughs> some of the best scenes is Larry Bird just talking mad trash to Magic when Magic's alone. It's yeah. the greatest. Uh, but j- anyway, j- Jesse, I appreciate. <laughs> we appreciate the call, man. Who who tweeted at us? Was it yesterday or the day before when they were like? Jesse putting us on hold to get his order was so on brand. That would have been the day before because <laughs> I was not here for that, and I wish I was. <laughs> He's like, hey, hold on, man. I got to get my order. He's like, hey, thank you. <laughs> like, oh, please come I, again. I remember when we first started the show, we had a listener that was ordering coffee through the drive-thru. Dude, it's, I mean, who that's knows? What, that's what our family does. And wait a minute, Shane, wasn't he at Panera? He could have been. I think. I mean, that's ironic. Oh, and what did we have boy. yesterday? Panera, St. Louis Bread Company. Are, I think I got Panera. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, St. Louis Bread Co. I don't understand. Is there a joke in there? So Saint Lu- that, it started as St. Louis Bread Company. Okay. And then because the national view of the place was Panera, then in St. Louis, it's, it's kind of like Cardinal baseball, right? When you make fun of Cardinal baseball, Cardinal fans get mad. Yeah. Right? And they're, oh, we're the best fans of baseball. Like, yeah, no, it's us. Like, you guys aren't. It's us. Um, no, that's the same thing with the Panera St. Louis Bread Company thing. I, it, I know. It, it was like a, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to strike for St. Louis Bread Company, and that's what it's going to remain. I scroll, Long story short, it's Panera in St. I Louis. scrolled through that menu for like four minutes. First of all, I had to pull over. Did you find what you, what you, you liked? What I, what do you, you know wanted? what I said? I, or you ever do this where you feel like you're under the gun, so you get something that you – Oh, yeah, that's all why the I, time. That's, when I, that's why I study menus so long. Like mm-hmm. it typically takes us – you know, that's why you have your own menu item so that you know eight, when you eight, come in. Eight hours to like decide what to eat, and I I settled on something I would almost one hundred percent of the time never wear: a plain a turkey sandwich, mm-hmm. cheddar cheese, tomato, on an Asiago bagel. That's all I got. Was it good? It was okay. I tore the middle out because I've been eating a certain way. The Asiago is is fire, right? But my turkey, I mean, no disrespect to, you know, the, I felt like it, like it was in a circle. So, I, I mean, prepackaged, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Not for you. I landed the plane on the sandwiches, like they're they're elevated, obviously. Sometimes you just want like a regular sandwich, and turkey is my least. Eh, it's probably in the bottom third of lunch meats I would I would buy. 
It's one but of the healthier ones for you, though. Right. It's so that's what I did. I went by calories, and it was only 590 calories. Yeah. See, I got this. I got. My tomatoes were fire. They sliced them thin. I got this smokehouse buffalo chicken, it's and too, it was too, so good. Was it? But it was huge, monstrous. It was half a baguette. Okay, Shane. Are you complaining about getting too much free food? No. I was like, I can't eat it all. I saved it for the I minute. can't eat. <laughs> I don't like warm sandwiches, so I'm out on that. Heard you that. Heard you on that, Andrew. And what'd you do? You, do you have leftovers this morning for breakfast? I will. He has today. leftovers for dinner. Today when I get home. Dude, he's a buck 12. Think about that. That's not true. It is true. It's buck 11. I am 6% (laughs) body fat. Jeez. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Hey, we're back. Coffee and cream. DB, Andrew Rogers, happy to have you with us here on ESPN Radio 590 here in town. We'll be on in Lincoln starting at 9 o'clock. That's KFOR. Live on YouTube, the Herd at Sports YouTube page, and you can give us a call, 888-638-4876. You can also leave us your thoughts in the comments section on YouTube. We will see those, we will get to, get to those, and we will comment back. We have Mitch Sherman coming your way at 8 o'clock today. We have at 845, Brian Edwards. A little bit of sports betting. Good fight this weekend with uh, Aljamain fight, and fight, Sugar fight, Sean. Fight, 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 That's fight, this weekend, fight. right? Yeah. Sterling. Yep. And at 9.45, we'll talk to Michael Bruns. We'll also do the sports six-pack at some point later on in the show. So uh, stay involved. Ask us a question. We'll get to that uh, later on in the six-pack. So we're in the meeting yesterday, mm. and <laughs> I'm scrolling through Twitter once the meeting's over, and I see a, a video, a clip of Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky um, Adam Schefter. <laughs> what, what, was that? That's not first take, right? That or was that I still first I, take? I don't know like the names of the shows anymore. I kind of just watch it for the people. Regardless, um, and I thought ours I, I know that's novel, but like some people think it's all about a name. It's really not. It's, <laughs> it's about gonna, people. It is. <laughs> like I don't know why that's so hard to for folks to wrap their mind around, but like. Come on, man. But anyway, yeah, I'm. I like Ryan Clark, so I, same. But I, but I don't know. You the know, name. I'm a huge Ryan Clark. I don't fan. know the names of the shows though. So uh, anyway, he's given a take about George Pickens versus Justin Jefferson, and Shane's got the audio. Shane, can you play it for the audience? Comparing him to a Georgia guy, George Pickens is much more talented 
than Justin Jefferson. Really? Justin Jefferson, wow. Justin Jefferson understands everything about playing the position, stems, leverage. He can catch the football yeah. in all kinds He's of a savant position. He's a savant. But here's the other thing. The coach Tomlin told me something that I thought that I thought was great. He said they 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 didn't even work to tolerate him, and they certainly didn't try to raise him mm. at Georgia, mm-hmm. which is mean. Oh, they okay. they they didn't embrace. I you the yeah, no, I was no. Like, wait, what? They, they didn't embrace who yeah. George Pickens is. When you got five stars everywhere, right. it doesn't matter. When you're going to run the ball for 250 yards a game, right. it doesn't matter. But now at Pittsburgh and talking to Ike Taylor about the way that the entire team loves his attitude, loves the way he approaches his job. That's what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done for him. And what happens if he becomes as good of a player as a Stephon Diggs, as an AJ? He can be. He can be. But, Shefty, that's my point then, is then all of a sudden, Kenny Pickett gets put into a conversation that we're having going, oh, wow, now they're one of the best ones. And all these one-two duos that we have. They're all really good teams. Also, think too. about this though. Think about this team. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Like this team, Najee Harris. When you see him in camp, yeah. looks like a different man than he did last Fire year. Can play. Okay, so that was a lot in one. They they turned that into more of like a Steelers take after the George Pickin um, hot take. But you know, DB, I know you're a Steelers guy. I, I'm going to knock RC here for a hot sec. I think the take was bad. That, I mean, that's a clickbait take. You're, you're looking to stir up an audience here by saying George Pickens is much more, like those are the, the, those are the words I want to hone in on here, mm-hmm. much more talented than Justin Jefferson. That's saying like light years more talented. No, you, know, you give it that value. Much more is a value of light year. Like you're saying much more talented. If I'm much more talented than you mm-hmm. – in, I don't know. Pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah, that's a great one because Matt Rule is much more talented than, than all of us in pickleball. Except for Robbie. If, if I say that, then that means you practically suck because I'm, like, okay at pickleball. Right? So I'm saying, like, I'm light years ahead of you because you haven't even picked up a pickleball stick before. The way that, you know, you use that term, much more, is what struck me first. Now, I'll give RC a little bit of credit here because he didn't say productive. He didn't say much more productive. He said much more talented. And if he were to say productive, then there's facts to prove that that's incorrect. Mm -hmm. But when you say talent, it's a little more vague, right? You can get away with that a little bit more. But why are we arguing talent? Because talent should never be the thing that we're talking about. Productivity is the only thing that matters. So why are you bringing that up? Because you want to make sure... You want people to realize, like, hey, I made this take. I want, I want interaction now. And now it becomes this clickbait thing in my mind. Talent doesn't matter. Produ- productivity is what matters. So if we're going to get somewhere, like, Justin Jefferson can make one-handed catches, too, in, in, in practice. Like, that's what we see from George Pickens right now. And don't get me wrong. In practice. George, he had, he had George Pickens was fantastic he in the season, the too. Catch. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, he was fantastic, too. But Justin Jefferson had the one between three Bills defenders to extend a drive, too, which was insane last year. Mm-hmm. So both guys can make one-handed catches. I, 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 yeah. I mean, I, may, maybe, we're, we're, maybe we're splitting hairs uh, with the catch. But I said it real time because I think you and I talked about this. And I love Jefferson's catch. Pickens' couple of catches I felt like were much more difficult. This isn't e- – for me, this is easy. It's not even a Steelers versus whatever thing. It's, it's the fact that I think 
I, I, I take Brian Clark at face value for what he said. And I don't know if I would argue with Ryan Clark. He didn't say – he didn't even bring up the word production. Right. He didn't, he didn't talk about stats. Mm-hmm. He said more talented. And that's how you get away with it. I believe that to be true. I think George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. I don't – But wouldn't talent in turn lead to production? No. No. Like, they're not even remotely the same thing. Because production at the wide receiver spot, there's a lot that goes mm-hmm. into that. You, you may need a Josh Allen on the other side. You may mm-hmm. need a Kirk Cousins you. on I'm the other you. side. Pickens there should has, be some carryover, though. Well, pick, Fodge, man, Pickens has been in the league one year. Right. And he played with three-and-a-half quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. one of them was Trubisky. Right. Like, I, I, don't, I don't – And Jefferson's f- playing with Cousins. He's top ten in the league. I hate Kirk Cousins. That, that's a part name. That's a you problem. <laughs> Kirk Cousins sucks. That that see that's a lie. Number one, <laughs> it's your opinion. Number two, sucks. Kirk, Cut, you're telling me Kirk, you can tell me what a straight face Kirk Cousins sucks. I can. Okay. I see, play fantasy I, football. I, we see we can't have this conversation <laughs> because you can't rationalize with irrational people. That is irrational. At 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 its core of whatever, that is irrational. That arguably is one of the silliest things that you've ever said. Kirk Cousins. I've said it before. Kirk, that's fine. Like, I, and I totally get it, right? So that, that sentiment is why I, I have such a strong disdain for fantasy football fans that don't actually like the game. There's a difference. For you to be able to with us. Well, don't, semi- don't put words now that I don't like the game. Yeah, listen, in a in – a, well, I'm going to question whether you know it or not if you're going to tell me Kirk Cousins sucks. <laughs> that, that right there is going to have me question how much you really pay attention to football. One thing. So let me get this right. You can say sucks, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, but you're going to pick it RC and give. Oh, that was good. Pick it. You're going to, you're going to pick at RC's mm-hmm. statement of much more and give that a value? Well, because somebody gives you're me a value you're, of mine. You're, so doing the, you're doing the exact same thing, right? R- so, a little bit, yeah. Sure. It, sure. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's, I'll agree with that. On, on the surface, it seems a little hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Pickens is, 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 is bigger. He is bigger. As, as fast or faster. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because he was a four-star and Jefferson was a three. He's actually a five. And Jefferson was he a five? Was, Did he get and, moved and, to a five? And, and Jefferson was a two-star. Okay. Okay. Two-star two coming out of high school. Well, there you go. So the talent thing hey, that's is there. That's true. Isn't based isn't, on isn't, high school? Yeah. Isn't uh, talent is is talent? But I got to go back to does the mm-hmm. talent equal productivity? Harold Miner was extremely talented. Great basketball player. Baby Jordan couldn't re- wasn't super productive. Mm-hmm. Like Achilles Smith was extremely talented, wasn't super productive. Ryan Leaf was extremely talented, wasn't very productive. They are in no way, right. shape, or form the same thing. So productivity, especially at the wide receiver spot. I got to get by with a little help from my friends. Do you want to you go to Austin? He might be able to help you. <laughs> I'm st- 
still tripping off the fact this man looked so, at me with a deadpan straight face and told me Kirk Cousins so sucks. So at, at the end of the day here, what, what I don't do have remember? any. I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems with with RC saying Pickens mm-hmm. is more talented. Yeah, so because he didn't bring up pr- productivity. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson is a monster. You're talking about 2K, right? Like Justin Jefferson is a monster. But Justin Jefferson can do everything George Pickens does. Uh, listen. So that's why I don't really like fall into the more talented thing at all, because they can both do the same things. Talent is exactly the word it said. That talent is God-given ability. I'm with you. One has more than the other. Now, to the varying degrees. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So you put George Pickens on the Vikings. He does what? More than what Justin Jefferson does because he's more talented? He would be more productive in year one than he would be in Pittsburgh. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm with you there. So for me to give that a But is he better than Justin Jefferson? I don't know. But he didn't say he was better. He didn't say he was a better right. player. He said he was more talented. Right, but talent at the end. What do you remember? You remember the pro? No, the, no, 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 no. The productive I, players. I, I, I don't. I don't though. I, I, I don't. Because. But, but that's what gets remembered. But that wasn't the discussion. That wasn't the discussion. It wasn't long-lasting impressions in the sport. Mm-hmm. He said he was more talented. Like I can. But just, I just don't agree with that. That's okay. It doesn't make it ludicrous, because the numbers. And the physical gifts that come with the position okay, would, I can su- agree with that. would support Ryan Clark. I can agree with that part. Now, the productivity, hey, man, you win. Justin Jefferson is a monster, and I take him every day that ends in one. All right, we're going to have to tell Austin to call back here, Shane, because we're talking to Mitch Sherman next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Yeah, I don't know many teams that have the setup we have. I mean, we go to practice in the afternoon, and thanks to Campus Rec, uh, they've been great to us. We're able to have, you know, we have two. We use both indoors for walkthrough. Offense is in one, defense is in another. Then we come together like no, no one has that. So not many people have that. Maybe someone else does. But adding that turf base has been great. You know, I, I like to let turf settle. I like to let it rain a couple times on it. So mainly we're using it for individual drills and for uh, the injured guys in, as they're in the pit over there maintaining their, their fitness. But... Um, I think it's going to be a great space for us, and I'm grateful that uh, it's been put in. All right, welcome back. Coffee and Cream DB, Andrew Rogers. Happy to have you with us. Happy to see everybody interacting. I know I probably sparked a few thoughts. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I'm trying to figure out what. Man. Take, I'm, tra- I'm taking f- personal shots at me, DB, for my football knowledge. Oh, Lord. It hurt in the heart over no, here. No, don't be that guy. you <laughs> got to stand by what Only you say. Kidding. It ain't personal. Only kidding. It ain't personal. Only kidding. You said the man sucks. I think yeah. that's, yeah, that, that, that's going to get me to question aptitude. Mm-hmm. I don't, sure. I can't say that any other way. Sure. Yeah. There's got to be some understanding, too, to everybody else out there that for somebody that has played fantasy football for, like, 12, 12 years, years yeah, right? Yeah. 
when you look at somebody of, of Kirk Cousins' value, mm. that's where it, it, it gets me to say what I say, right? Now, if I actually look back at the stats, right, if I look at him throwing 4,000 yards, as DB pointed out, and having consistent 4,000-yard seasons, that is probably one, uh, one of what some would say one of the worst takes out there, right? But when I look at somebody that gives me 15 consistent fantasy points versus, you know, the 17 or 18 I may need weekly, that's where, in turn, it leads me to say that he is not a, a quarterback that I want on my fantasy team. No, I understand. So, yes, my judgment is skewed sometimes because but of I, I my fantasy football. I just, I just think talent is grossly different from productivity. Take, if everybody optimized and maximized their talent, we'd be having much different shows all the time. Like, sometimes talent doesn't blossom in the way that, it it should it could have a lot of contributing factors i know in the comment sections people are trying to discern between talent and athletic i i'm not that's not the same thing either athleticism is not the same in in my opinion as as talent now maybe it's varying degrees but i can be pretty athletic i can be able to do backflips i can i can be able to do front handsprings and i may not be very talented I, I think there's there I think there's a there's a there's a difference. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ethan Piper is extremely athletic. Nobody's ever called so Ken asks. Nobody's that's a great ever, word. Never, Ken asks. No, would you rather say athletic over talent? I prefer talent. I, I I prefer talent. Is talent why we have these conversations? though? if they were to say athletic, would it be different? Mm. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, again, if I if I'm if I'm 280 pounds and I can do a backflip. I'm athletic. That doesn't necessarily make you talented. If you're talented, you probably already are athletic. And Professor says a good point here. Everybody says Tom Brady's the GOAT, or at least a lot of people. How athletic is he? No, he's talented, but how athletic is he? It's a good point. That's why why Mm -hmm. me and Adam get along. All right, let's go to Mitch Sherman now because he's with us. (laughs) Let's, Let's bring in Mitch. Mitch, welcome. Thanks for taking the time. Good morning. Hey, good to talk to you guys. Uh, Mitch, uh, I don't know. We, I, I'm going to kind of go away from what we were just talking about. Oh, no, yeah, it's not relevant. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let, let's get into um, some Nebraska talk here because, you know, I've been going back and forth in my mind this week about how to feel about the good and the bad we can expect this year. You know, I, I feel like I'm speaking with the angel on my shoulder today <laughs> as I think about the three-three-five, at least defensively. Can this defense, Mitch, disturb Minnesota enough in week one to potentially make up for slow offensive play? And I ask this question because all fall we've been hearing how the defense is ahead of the offense. I think that's going to have a lot to do with Minnesota's execution and what their plan is and and how they go about attacking Nebraska. You know, I think the 3-3-5, and we'll see, I I think it can be – really effective against offenses that take chances. Um, Going to have some, some, some issues, perhaps, if Minnesota is able to come out and be pretty basic in what it wants to do offensively and can run the ball and, and move the chains. and It's just content to eat the clock. Um, if they don't have to take risks, you know, if they're not behind the sticks and in a third and nine situation, then I think you take away what's maybe – um, the greatest asset of the three-three-five when you get teams off balance and you can create chaos and big plays, 
you know, that's when that's when the real advantage comes in. But um, Nebraska has to be able to get uh, like a negative play, you know, a, 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 a rush and gets no yards when Minnesota is is playing it conservative. If we come out, if, if that game begins and the first couple times Minnesota has the ball, you know, it's first and 10, second and six, third and two, mm-hmm. and we see that repeatedly. I think even if they're not scoring, then that doesn't necessarily bode well for, for Nebraska down the road in this game. Mitch, were you surprised? Because um, I know the answer was specific to Malachi Coleman, but I think – he made it generally about the wide receiver spot. Then it morphed into freshman playing. He's clearly bucking the trend of of what we think and how we assess college football now, right? Like guys recruit at a high level. They play young guys early. Um, that's what keeps folks in the program. But he's saying to the contrary, hey, listen, it's there to supplement, not supplant. If they can play when they can play, but it's a big boy league. We want to play with grown-ups. It seems almost yeah. contrary to what anybody else in college football is at least saying out loud, whether it's they're afraid to chase away freshmen that aren't playing and they're going to hit the portal or what, but he's letting you know the blueprint for how he thinks we're going to win, and you can take it or leave it if, as a young guy. Yeah, I think especially in this game. I mean, if Nebraska was starting off with Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois, then I think they'd be more open to playing freshmen right off the bat. And he still wants to play freshmen. You know, I think at the, you know, a couple years in with Rule, you're going to see that he's got a propensity. We're going to find out to play freshmen even more than, probably more than anything that we've seen at Nebraska. I mean, that is college football today. They come in more ready. They're, they've been through um, – all the different training that 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 allows them to be ready and you have the impatient factor with the transfer portal and and nil you know guys want to make money to make money they've got to have a name so uh i I do think that freshmen are going to play a lot under matt rule he's really talking about week one here when he when or he was when he came up with that answer on tuesday and i also think that that answer on tuesday and this just goes back to something that I've observed about Matt rule from, from day one in Nebraska is that he's very aware of the narratives that are, that are popular in the Nebraska football atmosphere. And for the last few days, and really he started this last Saturday when he talked about freshmen filling in and needing to step up after the departure of Xavier Betts. So I, I think he felt by Tuesday that that had started to take on a life of its own. And all of a sudden, the expectation from people was, you're going to have to play Malachi Coleman. You're going to have to play Jaden Doss. You're going to have to play Jalen Lloyd. And it's like, well, wait a second. I mean, how many receivers are you really going to play? How many guys, I mean, how many guys do they need to play? I think they're going to be like either two back or two tight end more than half the time which means you need two receivers on the field. I mean, they've got Billy Kemp. They've got Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda. They should have Marcus Washington back, I would think, in time to play in this game. And then you've got Han and you've got Bullock and you've got Fleeks. I mean, I think he's just kind of speaking some truth and trying to rein the conversation back in where it needs to be that they may not need and probably won't need a ton of contributions from the freshmen right off the bat in week one. Week two at Colorado, that may be a different story. Now, Mitch, you mentioned freshmen, 
in your mind, what freshman will step up right away? And two, it, it, are you thinking about that more from a position group point of view? Like, So if you are, what position group will see an influx of freshmen making an impact? Or is that more of like a special teams take? And you're like, oh, we'll see them on special teams. That'd be first. Special teams would be first. I do think you'll see freshmen on special teams, yeah. I mean, because they can – um, you know, there's, there's not as much to, to, I don't want to downplay special teams, but there's just not as much to learn. I mean, you can run down on kickoffs and I think you can get that. You can figure that out, um, more easily than you can how to play, um, sand linebacker. So, uh, you'll see freshmen right away on, on all the special teams, I think. Um, and then I, you know, I looked at the guys, um, who did well in the spring. We haven't heard a lot about Prince Will and cam lenhart this fall and i think that's by design mm -hmm. you know i think they went into this fall at all positions with a real make trying to make a real effort not to talk about the freshmen too much in public just to, so that so that there wasn't an unrealistic expectation that was created and you notice they did that in the spring too they didn't talk about those defensive linemen a lot until sixty thousand people saw those guys making plays in the spring game and then they had to answer questions about it, and it became this conversation like, "Oh, they're you know they're both going to start," and eh, that was that was probably an overreaction. And they're they're I think they're both going to play both of those two defensive linemen up front, um, and I think Maverick Newton would have had a chance to do the same thing at the jack position, although that's pretty deep um, with older players if he hadn't gotten hurt. So defensive line, there's going to be contributions. I think those guys both have the possibility of playing more than four games and bypassing a registered year. Um, Eric Fields, that Rover, yeah, maybe. Um, he's going to be a special teams guy. Ethan Nation in the secondary, maybe. Another guy who's going to be on special teams. I think he could be the kickoff return specialist week one. Um, on the offensive side, receiver. Um, there's, there's going to, there's going to be some contributions there at some point. Um, not sure, you know, from, from the group that I mentioned, Coleman, Doss, Lloyd. So that's, um, you know, that's where I'm going. Uh, I, I don't know. Gunnar Gatula is going to play, going to play some, um, but they're, I think they're hopeful that they can keep him to four games. Mitch, let me ask you something. And this full disclosure, I may be, um, just hearing what I want to hear, but coach rule seems to be a big preventative measures guy. And even philosophically right like I think he wants the family atmosphere and to recruit guys that want to be there and he wants the the new facilities to look a certain way to promote this family environment right like to combat potentially guys wanting to leave all-inclusive NIL to, to combat guys wanting to leave taking the pressure off of freshmen with saying what he said the other day to put unrealistic expectations on them to keep them in the fray how much of that do you think is part of the master plan to say, hey, listen, this is the place that you need to be because we'll think and care about you differently than a lot of other places in the country. And that's the trump card. That's the ultimate trump card that he's trying to play. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing there, that's like the, the thread that goes throughout all of what you just mentioned is that he just – he thinks it all through. Um, there's not really anything that he says or in public or in front of the team or 
any kind of action that he takes, strategy that, that he devises, you know, even down to the, um, the staff on the administrative side and the coaching side below him, uh, that, that he doesn't have um, his hands in. He talked about this last week, I believe, when a question was asked on uh, about the, the YouTube series that Nebraska is producing this, this month. Um, behind the scenes, the look in um, uh, inside training camp. And, you know, his comment was, you, you know, you guys know that I like to, I like to, I have to sign off on everything. And his, his point was that um, they're giving, they're giving Jordan Litton, the student who, who is producing these videos, you know, the freedom to, to go wherever he wants and rule trusts him. But leading into that rule said, you know, I've, I've got to, I've got to know. I've got to know everything that's going on. So um, it's just really strategic the way that he goes about all of that and, you know, all, everything in his program. That's um, you know, so I think that's, that's you know, that's why you see, um, you know, some of that stuff that you mentioned, Dave. You know what's interesting about you just saying that is it, even in the summer when we did the sit-down, it was super long. And we got it whittled down. This is – this. It's, gosh. It, so when he – I said, hey – you know, no worries. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll run it by you um, before any sort of production. And he looked at me, Mitch, and he said, "Well, that's that's not necessary. I I trust you. I'll I'll know if I say something stupid." <laughs> and he has no. Even I don't know what we're gonna talk about. He has no idea what we're gonna talk about. But that was <laughs> that was the very first thing he said. Well, he said, "Don't worry about it." I'll, I'll know if I say something stupid. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I felt like, because just listening to you just say that, it's like, he, even in that, he has supreme confidence in the fact that he's either such a quick blinker, quick process, whatever, that he doesn't say anything willy-nilly. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, I find that, just listening to you say that, I, I, I find I'm even kind of more blown away because he's very, very consistent, and it doubles down on what you just said. Yeah, there have been very few things that he said in a in a press conference or an interview setting, and he's done so much media since he's been here. You know, the local stuff, and then all the national things, and people who've come in, and you know. So th- there's been very, very few things that I've heard him say where I've thought, hmm, you know, I wonder if he would have liked to have said that a little bit different. Um, it's, uh, you know, w- one or two, uh, in, in all of nine months, which is really pretty shocking because most coaches, you know, even those coaches who are trained really well in how to communicate, something's going to come up, you know, every 10 minutes or so when you're put on the spot and you're asked questions that you're not sure you were going to get asked, you're going to have a little bit of a, of a slip of the tongue. I'm not saying it's going to be some mm-hmm. big PR disaster, but something where, yeah, if I could have, if I could have thought about that for 10 minutes before I answered your question, I would have done it a lot different. And he doesn't, he doesn't fall in that trap. So um, it's just, some of it's just natural for him uh, because he's a good speaker and, and, you know, he grew up in a situation where you know, he's the son of a pastor. So, He's been in. He's he's watched it his whole life, having to, someone who had to think on their feet, and and he's just good at it. And then also, it has to, it comes down to the preparedness and the preparation. He spends a lot of time thinking about how he's going to answer this question, or it's just a matter of 
thinking things through in his mind as he goes about his job on a daily basis. So he doesn't even really have to think about how he's going to answer the question. He knows because he's been, you know, he's been in that mindset uh, 24-7 since he, uh, since he took over. Now, Mitch, you mentioned the word trust um, just a couple of answers back and how he trusts the staff, how he trusts, you know, even more than his staff in regards to talking about, you know, the videographer and, and the little docu-series that they have going. How much trust do you think Coach Rule had right away in Coach Martin and knowing that the Huskers could make the best of a tough situation by promoting him to the role he's in because he's kind of been in that territory before and he's so versatile. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, he was in a, you know, rule found himself in a, in a good spot again, because of his own, um, you know, preparedness and, and thinking ahead to have, just to have Josh Martin on his staff when unexpectedly you're looking for a tight ends coach days before preseason camp begins and, and it's not just like co- a coincidence or luck of the draw that Josh Martin fell into his lap um, in that situation and it's not just like luck of the draw that he ended up on the staff last winter you know the seeds for that and, and not just that but for like just about every position that's on his staff there's a story behind it and there's a reason why that person is in that position and with Josh Martin you know rule met Josh Martin's dad Joe who's a longtime high school football coach in Texas, like day one or day two when he got on the ground as the Baylor coach uh, back in 2017, late 2016, early 2017. Joe Martin was part of the delegation from the Texas High School Football Coaches Association who came into Waco and, you know, were unhappy that Matt Rule had been picked over some Texas guy. I think they wanted – um, Sonny Dykes who probably would have been a good hire looking, <laughs> looking back at it, but Matt rule turned out to be a, a good hire too. Um, it came, came stomping into the facility in Waco, you know, who is this guy from the East coast and rule in like an hour won them over. So he met Joe then that led him down the road to meet Josh, to follow Josh's career. And, you know, Josh ends up after coaching in the FBS for the better part of a decade in the high school ranks last year and here's rule coming out of the nfl trying to put together a staff and there's josh martin so it's not like just a total coincidence that he was even there in lincoln in the first place it, it goes way back and that's why uh it, it it fell into place the way that it did at the end of july or the first part of august this you know this month um so yeah he trusts him he trusts him because he knows him because he's followed him for a long time, because he knows the, the kind of coaching pedigree that, that Josh comes from. Um, and, you know, I think you'll continue to see things like that down the road when an assistant coach, you know, probably not in, a, in something that's as dramatic or unexpected as what happened with Bob Wager. But, you know, when a coach in the offseason leaves because he's got a chance to, to um, move up in his career, Rule's going to have a guy. He's going to have a guy ready. It's not going to be like, oh, I got to go back to square one and, you know, look for a you know, whatever position coach to fill. He's going to know, and in, in, in a lot of cases, that that replacement is going to be right there in Lincoln on his staff in a, in a, in a support role. Yeah, I, you're on a roll this morning. I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening and learning because I, I think he, 100%, like he, let's say like something goes wrong with Coach Sat, right? Like I think he knows Coach Sat's temperament, right? Oh, if, let's say – for some ungodly reason, I got to strip play calling duties from him, right? 
that's happened before to Coach Sat. Like, he knows that he can deal with it. Coach Rule can do something. He's got guys underneath Coach Sat. If something happens with Coach Rayola, Coach Satterfield can fall in and, and play o, or take O-line. If, you know, Adam D. Michelle can help with tight – it's like almost everybody on that staff has one or two underlings that know what they're doing. It – I always tell people, like, in the high school level, I like to coach my way into having options. That's why I like to have more than one or two guys ready to play because I don't want to have to be married to, to poor performance or an injury. I think he coaches the exact same way with those preventative measures in place, Mitch. Yeah, I mean, understudy, I think, is, is, uh, is a good, good way to describe it. And, and so the staff wasn't just thrown together. Yeah when he started to put those pieces in place in, in December and January, uh, I think that this, the spots that he filled, um, like you mentioned, D Michelle and, you know, guys like Shevin Smith and, and uh, Bill good, Simpson. Good, good call on Shevin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Uh, Bill Simpson, you know, who's a, who's an expert in D line play and has been a head coach at the high school level in, in Florida, you know, all of those guys, I think he puts just as much thought into those positions knowing what they might become in the future as he does. He values them just as much as he does um, these coaches that we know so much about, the ones that we hear from that come and talk to the media um, each week and are, are, you know, making the big salaries. They're, they're, you know, those are, of course, important choices for the head coach, but so are the, are the understudies, the people who, you know, could eventually someday be in those roles. Coach Rule's a planner. That's what he does. He has everything taken care of, and he's 10 steps ahead. Mitch Sherman, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. We will talk again in a couple of weeks. Good to talk to you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. Game day. Game day? Yeah, can't can't wait. Not too shabby, right? (laughs) Not too shabby. Gosh, that's crazy. We'll see. We'll figure that out later. Yeah, we will. I hope all have landed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mitch. Mitch. Uh, It's Mitch Sherman, Nebraska and College Football for The Athletic. We'll take a short break. More CNC next. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Can you hear me? There I am. Welcome back. Coffee and cream. I want to take a moment and talk about some of our great sponsors here before we move any further. Uh, The first one, Dingman's. Dingman's Collision Center, your one-stop shop for all your car needs. Four locations, four great locations, that is. I'm up for an oil change. I have an oil appointment scheduled over at Dingman's, and you should too because they will take care of you over there. Dingman's not only takes care of you and your personal needs, but they also take care of the community. And that's something that they just do a fantastic job of. They have a ton of give back programs that you, the consumer, can choose to donate to with Dingman's money. It's the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, your drop, name's attached drop, to drop it, your right? little, Drop your little pebble in the jar after you settle up. Epic for Girls, The Collective for Hope, Community Alliance. Those are the three Dingman's give back programs that they offer. Give them a shout. Take your car over there. They work on all makes and models. It's Dingman's Collisions Center. Dingman's. I need to get there. So oh, I my, just need to go. My thermostat light comes on now. I, I think it's not direct, good, man. I, I think it's directly correlated to my 
oil change though because it's it's at the the level right mm -hmm. sure so they're so sensitive with electronics it's like eh. did i tell you the first time i went to go get an oil change they told me that the vehicle was too new like couldn't didn't trust i think so oil. yep i think so yeah so i went back to old reliable but i'm due again I, i'm just going there to have them look at my it's not like they can fix rim rash or whatever you call it but maybe they, they can, can at least make you feel at peace yeah so i'm getting a lot of people telling me there's these guys over in benson that are really good with with rims i'm still kind of mad at that lady but my mom told me to chill and it almost had it almost happened again a couple of days ago i'm telling you there's something about coming out of that rockbrook area heading on to 108th with traffic that is inviting to turn across the inside lane like i know this is novel just turn into the first lane as opposed to skipping a lane to get to the outside lane like i i remember getting ding for that with my driver's test and i was in my 40s remember i told you i got dinged because i didn't look over my left shoulder going into a turn lane because a biker could have been coming up on my left side i do wonder how old she was though a part of me felt bad but then i look at my rim and i'm like nah, i don't feel bad and you got rim rash from it yeah i heard that story on monday can you can you just get some cream to fix that? Fudge, I wish. I think it's expensive, to be honest. <laughs> hey, are you? You know, we Somebody talked. It was like three hundred bucks a, a rim. That's a lot. No, that's about right. Is I think it? that's about yeah. right. Because um, when I wanted to get black rims on my car, I think it was going to cost me close to eleven or twelve hundred bucks for the f yeah for the four for the four. Yeah, so I think because it's not like just getting them dipped. Like mm -hmm. you have to right, and you can do it you yourself, but. <laughs> it, it, it would only last like two years. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm just telling you, you could. <laughs> do, you, do you know who you're talking to? I can't. I, I my just saying my light my light cover is a little warped. I can't even fix that. <laughs> Ken goes. Dingman's find me a girlfriend, someone who doesn't have whatever all through this. I, I don't I don't I don't think we can that out loud. <laughs> yeah, I'm just just why I said whatever. Yeah. Hey, so we talked a little bit about, you know, the NFL earlier on and you know, there's just kind of been a lot of movement that I don't know if we've touched on all too much. Mm -hmm. Uh for one, does it make you does it make you really happy seeing how Trey Palmer's being talked about in Tampa right now? Yeah, I, I kinda I feel validated. Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I think he's really, really good. And I remember Coach Joseph. He didn't, he didn't deserve to be a six-round pick, I'll tell you that. So I, I wish I knew more of the backstory on how that happened. Now, I get it. Wasn't always the cleanest pass catcher, right? Like sometimes he would be like Trey two times where mm -hmm. it was like the double touch, the double touch and stuff like that. But um, it seemed kind of like a steal. I thought third, fourth round. Um, but shoot, man, if you have a chance to be the number three or number four receiver. Yeah, because Gage is out for a little while now. Yeah, which is opportunity. And he's a good worker, right? And he understands passing concepts because mm -hmm. one of the good things about coming over when he did with our former offensive coordinator is they had a, a lot of pro-style passing concepts under Coach Whipple. So I, I, I do – it's cool to see him flourish. H how about – not to get all in the Nebraska thing, but NFL mm -hmm. in general. But 
I mean, Adrian Martinez getting, like, meaningful snaps. I know some people's minds have to explode mm-hmm. overseeing that in Detroit. And right? being productive. It's like – and all he does is work at his craft. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's one of those guys that's going to keep showing up. I mean, he's been through it all. Right, like, it's kind of a good thing, though—a good yeah, quality bat- to have. He's emotionally. You've experienced life. Yeah, emotionally, he's pretty bad. You'll be better off. And you know, the best thing for Palmer here too, going back to Tampa, is that there's a new quarterback in town, and he doesn't have a favorite option. Yeah. So, like, because if you if you walk in and Tom Brady's in the room and he's used to throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, yeah, vets and, typically and, like vets unless you're a special rookie. Correct. But in this case, when there's a new quarterback, it's anybody's. It, the chemistry is up for grabs. Who is Trask or is it is Mayfield down there now? Who's yeah, that, yeah, is, yeah. Okay, so who who are these guys gelling with he at the end on, of the day? I watched him on the NFL Network the other day. Baker Mayfield. He it's kind of weird. Like they, um, you know, he started a new foundation with his wife, and so that was kind of the introductory piece. But then he talked about his time down in Tampa. He interviews different now. You can tell, like, there's been a little humility, some time in the league. Um, he actually said a lot of the the right things. And I liked – I mean, full disclosure, I, I think people that that listen to me know. Like, I liked him coming out of college because I, I typically will always gravitate towards the person that's going to compete, right? Like, day in, day out, keep showing up. And I felt like that was, was Mayfield, but – that division is so odd. Like, mm-hmm. I looked at the, the Saints offense yeah. the other day against Kansas City. Gosh, when is Kamara going to come back? And it, it looked good, right? So he's only got the three-game suspension, right? Right. It, it looked like, – didn't they score? They, 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 yeah, they got it 14 nothing, right? And uh, they added Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, for Continue. depth, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. it's like – I mean, is it theirs for the taking? Carolina's got to figure out – the quarterback spot. Is Carolina really a seven-win, eight-win team? Is that what they're at now? Remember? I know we talked about it, but <laughs> I, I couldn't know. remember. I, I didn't double I check. I couldn't remember if we sell, if we sell it in. Was it five and a half or six and a half? Because it certainly doesn't seem like a six and a half mm-hmm. win team, right? But it can't be that high, can it? That we'll find out right here, Carolina. That South is just messy. It, it's it's got to be New Orleans for the taking, doesn't it? Over the over. Is minus one twenty, and it's what? seven and a half for Carolina. For Carolina, interesting. Eight wins. Vegas, pretty feels pretty confident in eight wins so for this Panthers that, team. So that would be eight and nine in that division. Fudge. But as you said, it's up for the taking. I mean, you can probably factor in a win or two when last year you couldn't. The 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 Saints probably have the best roster. The Falcons, if they hit on all cylinders, may be the most – have the highest mm-hmm. ceiling. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Tampa Bay is still good defensively. I think Devin White's kind of – Falcons, eight and a half. Settled minus down. 120. Eight and a half. Remember, because uh, we talked about this, they're shooting high. Yeah. Vegas is shooting really high because it, they're, they don't know either. I mean, if Atlanta ball they, – they can run the ball really well. I mean, that's a that's – a, that's a, a good running football team. Mm-hmm. If the Falcons won that division, it wouldn't surprise me, but I still would make – I would go Saints then Falcons. Does Tampa win seven games? <sighs> Plus 120 I for mean, the over. Their, their, their defense will have to keep them in it. <sighs> and they're old. You know. 
I mean, their defense will have to keep them in. I don't see them winning seven. I see the I see the winner having nine, mm-hmm. and last place having six. How much do you think Brees Hall's production this year is affected with Dalvin Cook in the room? So I think he'll stay fresh. I think Brees need will need this year anyway to mm-hmm. kind of get back acclimated. And it's I don't want to say Dalvin Cook is a stopgap because he's better than a stopgap, but I think it allows the Jets some flexibility. I think it allows you to bring him back slowly. slowly. And they got a lot of toys. And remember, Brees Hall is still on the rookie deal for mm-hmm. a bit. So you got some luxury there. But like we heard Salah say yesterday or the day before, you can have all the skill you want to. Big boys up front got to be the big boys. I really, really like him. Is Javante Williams bouncing back this year? I don't know, but, man, is he a hammer. Mm-hmm. Remember and he, he's 23. Remember, he played for the guy in Carolina or in Wisconsin that people think don't know how to run the ball. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Wisconsin will find a way to run the football. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Let's go and talk to Brian Edwards when we come back. MajorWager.com, BrianEdwardsSports.com. A little sports betting next on Coffee and Green. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. Now, Vegas insider, senior handicapper, and fan of the cold Budweiser bottles, Brian Edwards. It's got to be touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Brian Edwards. I don't really love it. Brian Edwards. Boy, they using the cream cheese to butter the bagel. Brian Edwards. I'm going with the cowgirl. Here is Brian Edwards. All right, that time, Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, BrianEdwardsSports.com, and Brian Edwards at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. He joins us now via StreamYard. You can catch him on the Herd at Sports YouTube page, but we're also live on the radio, ESPN Radio, here in Omaha for another 15 minutes. We join KFOR in Lincoln starting at 9. Brian, good morning. <laughs> Caught you, nice. <laughs> yes. Good morning, good morning, gentlemen. Mid, Mid, what's up, doing? buddy? Mid drink. What's going on? Long time David, no talk, got, man. I know you got some vacation in before football season. That's the time to do it. Uh, yeah, was I, it got, vacation I, I got or some, I got some staycation <laughs> coaching high school football. B, I was. Oh, okay. I wasn't too far away. I was right down the road. And uh, unfortunately, I had to get up earlier to do that job than I do this one. So mm. it wasn't a good trade-off. But I, I traded kids for Andrew, so that's a toss-up, right? I get my coworker, I get my, I get my confidant versus getting a pour into kids. I was like, eh. he's like, sometimes it's I prefer about, the kids. It's, it's about even. <laughs> it's about, I'll, I'll, I'll take the word confidant. I, I like it. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Oh, B. Glad, glad to have you back. My yes, man. sir. Appreciate that. B, big fight this weekend. You have uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, the absolute sniper. Very accurate with his strikes. And you have Aljamain Sterling, who, you know, what's funny, Aljamain predicted a second-round TKO, I think is what it was. And Sugar Sean, I heard on SportsCenter this morning, predicted a first-round submission. Any of those seem like a viable play this week? No. <laughs> I think Aljo is going to win inside the distance. Now the price has gone down. He was north of minus three hundred 
now he's in the minus, you know, 250, yep. uh, yeah, 265 range. Uh, there's a couple of minus 250s out there, BetMGM and Caesars. So I'm going to go with Aljo to win inside the distance for plus 110. <clears throat> I think he's way more likely to get a submission, but there is a chance of ground and pound. And I just think it's a horrible matchup for O'Malley. Now, can O'Malley catch him? Yes, he certainly could catch him. And I think O'Malley's breakdown of the fight uh, in his uh, media scrums have been perfect. I mean, yeah, he can catch him, but Aljo's most likely going to get a hold of him. And when he does, that's going to be a nightmare for O'Malley. So I like Aljo to win inside the distance. I'll start a parlay with him, and we can get uh, – to the others, what, what, what I want to know what Damon thinks on that fight. I like that, but and I did see that the the under four and a half rounds is minus two ten. So they definitely be don't think mm-hmm. that's going the distance, which leads me to believe your plus one ten may be spot on if you if you believe Sterling gets the dub. Yeah, and they got different odds at different rounds. Under three and a half around minus 140. Under two and a half around plus 115. Under one and a half plus 210. So somewhere I, in gonna, that three and a half to four and a half round range, right? Yeah, yeah. So, no, they, they're expecting a finish. And, yeah, I get it. I mean, uh, now, you know, Aljo's got, um, let's see. 11 career finishes, but 23 career wins. So he does go to decision quite a bit, but I, I think he's at his peak right now. I, I, I'm thinking, you know, second round submission, but I want to do inside the distance rather than go for the sub and a better payout just because there is the possibility of the KO. I want to have both bases covered. Now, B, he hasn't lost since 17. That? Yeah. Yeah, he's won nine in a row. Yeah, Sterling. Whoa. Yeah, since Marias knocked him out, which was a crazy flying. Knee. Yeah, he got hit with that knee. <laughs> Nighty yeah. night. Yeah, he, he yeah. got put nine nine fast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen that flying. Yeah, we, knee, yeah, we, uh, all, get, we all get fruition. a little sleepy sometimes. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes we hit the deck, right? I think we got a B. You told me you have something that will, you know, tickle my insides. Um, I'm told that there's a parlay on hand. Correct. So in the co-main, let's go with uh, Wei Li to defend her uh, women's strawweight title. And now the third leg or the third leg, you could go Ian Gary. But instead of doing that, I'm going to go Ian Gary to win by KO. Neil Magny just took this fight on like eight, nine days notice. Magny's getting up there at 36. Gary's 12 and 0, 5 and 0 in the UFC. Uh, eight finishes, four in the first round. I think he is going to knock out um, Magny. So we're, we're not going to put Gary in the parlay. You could, but it just doesn't add a whole lot of value. So the third leg of the parlay, along with Wei Li and Aljamain Sterling, we're going to go with uh, Chito Vera, minus 200. So your prices should be Aljo, minus 250, Wei Li, minus 300, Vera, minus 200, and that – should get a plus 180 return on that three-leg parlay. So, B, let me ask you something, because I, I think with the, with Munoz and, and Vera, is there any value in taking a decision? Like, what's the number on that that getting to a decision? Because I, yeah, I, I think that's going three. Yeah, I, I, Vera by de- – so Munoz has never, ever been finished. 
Never once. That and he's it. faced his, – he's only 2-4 and then uh, the no contest with O'Malley because he got poked. But the four losses, former champs, Cruz, Jose Aldo, Aljo, current champ, and Frankie Edgar. And the, I remember I, the Frankie Edgar decision was – I thought it was uh, pretty fortunate to go Frankie's way. So Munoz is durable and Vera to win by decision. Here's how much they expected to go to decision. Under two and a half is plus 270. Yeah, that thing's going the distance. Yeah, Vera by, let's see, Vera by decision is minus 105. Oh, really? <laughs> I thought it would be a little juicier than that. So maybe that thing yeah. gets stopped at like <laughs> three minutes, two forty in the the second, the third round. Because that's interesting. Look, looks looks like a couple of offshores have plus one hundred four, and one of them's plus one ten. But uh, let's see, it's DraftKings and BetMGM have it at minus one hundred five. So maybe you can get a small plus if you shop around. Are you interested in seeing Weidman at all? <sighs> I'm, I mean, I, I'm not. I think Tavares it, could put it on him, but you, I mean, look, going into that fight in Jacksonville, and I was there when he broke his leg. He was already washed, right? He was already washed. Now he's broken his leg and's been off two years. So, yeah, I'm not against Tavares. I mean, you know, kind of scared. Maybe Weidman can wrestle and out wrestle him, but but like, yeah, like we just he was already washed. What do you like between Hubbard? Have you capped that yet? I have not gotten to that one. Now, I, you know, this is fascinating because I, uh, I, I've tailed my boy Gamblu, who, who said on. Hey, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. He knows my. He knew my dad really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Bout Biz Pod, and he had Blackshear to win by submission, and he gets the twister. First one um, since my guy Bryce Mitchell got one, and now he's taking this fight on like three days notice he's going to try to beat Shemaev for uh quickest turnaround with two w's which was 10 days over in abu dhabi during the pandemic um so this blackshear kids plus 185 to bautista but now you used to wrestle and cut weight in high school right damon what is it like to cut weight seven days after you know do it doing it twice in seven days that that's a physical yeah that's (laughs) a That's a That's recipe tough. for disaster is right. what it is. Yeah, it's just, you know, your muscles don't respond when you starch them like that. So that that one's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that, getting inside the weight numbers. Yeah, that that's fascinating. Um, I couldn't believe it when they matched. Could Garbrandt pulled out and they matched Blackshear up. I was like, oh, my God, I just watched this guy like three nights ago. <laughs> <laughs> that That is weird, though, right? Yes. Like, I mean, you, you you just you just don't see that that you just don't see that that often. Are there is there a number yet on on the Magni fight? Because I haven't seen it. Yeah. So um, Gary is minus five hundred. Oh, geez. which is that's why I said he was he he won't even you know he'll barely help the parlay. So that's why I'm you know yeah by ko prop DraftKings uh, says it at five twenty. Really? Yeah. yeah. So so be full disclosure. Andrew won't brag, but when he was on vacation, he was showing me like these six and seven leggers. They were, I mean, they were ridiculous. A lot of them were baseball, like, you know, hits, homers. And he missed the first two by one leg. Were they seven teamers? 
the first two were three teamers, but they were the home run bets. Okay. So and, and he hit the last yeah, one. That was that was a that was a seven leg parlay. The last one. Seven legs. So basically, two out of three, two out of three is four out of six. Then he seven out of seven. Yeah. So he picked eleven out of fifteen things in three parlays. Correctly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, come on. I, B, that's that's if in total six hundred and fifty bucks. He's got a he's got some issues, but it's his creativity because it's only like five or it's not very much money. But nope. his creativity is through the roof. I think it was fifteen to win six fifty. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, Andrew, look, if you want to go crazy Saturday night, you could add Tavares to this parlay. Now I haven't right. done the parlay calculation. You can add Tavares. You can add Ian Gary. Now, Tavares is around minus 270. Yep. Um, so that will make it a five leg. Look at you. I'm already going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, B, man. Always good stuff, buddy. We'll talk Navy and Notre Dame and Hawaii Vandy. Yeah, we're, 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 we're rolling. Ooh. Let's get it. You know, I'm. All right, gentlemen. I need a Thanks, same. B. I need a same fight parlay. So let's let's do Sterling O'Malley. And we'll just kind of go. What, what is wrong with you? I just, I just, you know, I'm feeling good today. <laughs> we'll be back. Coffee and cream. All right. Oh, big money. This one's gonna win. Uh, listen, just stay tuned. <laughs> and cream with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, top of the hour on coffee and cream on Herd at Sports Radio. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at the Bar and Grill. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. Before we go any further, let's tell you about one of our fantastic sponsors. You like how I'm like adding in some pauses here to buy myself some time here? I like that. It's very creative. Yep. And now I just gave away my uh, my uh, my trick to all the people out there. <laughs> but you know who isn't a trick? That is the people over at Pratt Dental. Doctor Pratt is the only dentist in Nebraska that provides. The service BioClear. Pratt Dental is located in North Platte. The BioClear method and modern smile design can correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments such as crowns. The BioClear matrix is an ultra-thin tooth-shaped form that allows permanent reconstruction of teeth with composite when used together. They can maximize efficiency and aesthetic outcomes for conservative and, for a conservative and beautiful smile. Their slogan is creating healthy smiles. That's what they do over at Pratt Dental. Give them a call if you're in need of this treatment. You know, um, I was sitting back yesterday just kind of thinking more and more about conference realignment. And, you know, I came across some things that our AD over at Nebraska was saying um, in, in regards to what he kind of thinks will ultimately come from all this conference realignment talk. And it was there was an interesting model that was presented by, I think it was Stuart Mandel on The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but before I give that model, this is what Trev said. Trev goes, we're moving to a 35 to 40 top brands being a part of something. 
if you just look at football in isolation, eventually conferences will matter less in a sense. And really what he's saying there is football is just going to branch away completely, be its own thing. And then the other sports, the non-revenue sports, uh, will stay and do something to a similar collegiate format. And I'm like, hmm, okay, interesting. Where is this going? Well, the model that was launched was like a Premier League model. And for those that don't know, like, the soccer side of things, the, the EPL is interesting because not only is it the top soccer league in Europe, but it's also, like, cool because they do promotion yeah, you have and to relegation. Hold, you, have to, you have to carry your weight. Right. And, and you know, I thought that was interesting because if, the, if we really want to go toward a Premier League model, say that you, you put them in four divisions, Right. You go Division A, B, C, and D. And you can try to geographically place teams accordingly, but you're probably still going to have to deal with some travel. You may just not have to go east to west coast. Um, but if you don't pull your weight and you do get relegated, and maybe that's an incentive for all the other schools that, say, aren't bringing in the big bucks to, you know, leapfrog into – what we know now as college football, the top teams of college football. Uh, and I was curious to know uh, what your thoughts were on that because we haven't gotten into this just yet. But as we know, if you look at at least TV revenue or, or at least just revenue of a team, if you're Ohio State, you make a lot more money than Northwestern throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So they would be a team there and Northwestern would be on the outside looking in. But if Northwestern has a good football team at some point in time down the road, maybe they get booted up if a team, you know, falls out of that top 40. But if you really look at over the last seven seasons, teams that drew 4 million viewers were like the Alabamas of the world in 50 games, Ohio State at 46, Michigan 40, Georgia 30, going all the way down to Penn State in the top 10 at 20. 20 games over the last seven seasons drew 4 million. Not a lot of teams do that. So that's why Trev was like presenting this idea of, you know, maybe – certain college football teams just need a branch away. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting because he said something that um, kind of gave me pause just from a reflection standpoint. He said, history has not been kind to conferences that aren't out ahead of expansion. Right? And I was just kind of thinking about that. And I, is that really, Was that really a thing? And I was like, oh, I think that had a lot. You know, I look at the Big Eight, the Southwestern Conference, a lot of these conferences. Um, and some of it wasn't that they wouldn't necessarily take on expansion. It was that they just didn't think broad enough mm -hmm. in the grand scheme of things. So that I, I could definitely get on board with. But I think he's definitely on to something because I don't know if that was us. But when we were talking about conference expansion the other day, and, and I was like, I, I, I think it's too lazy of a take to say, well, Team X doesn't add value. Uh, you know, what are the revenue splits, whatever. Because I said, you have to think long term. This was actually before Oregon and Washington, so it was some time ago. And I was just thinking kind of along those lines. This is before Trev said what he said. But what I was thinking was, at the end of the day, if you fast forward four or five years, I, I think you're going to want to be part of or affiliated with as many good teams as possible. Like, ulti like, I think ultimately 
that was the vision. It's not mm-hmm. so much revenue splitting and the pie sharing. That's obviously part of it because it's money. But you, I think you want the best teams go, going forward. And so if, if I'm right and you're operating under that assumption, that model, EPL, has some merit to it because and it got, works because you got to peer get off the, yeah you got to peer <laughs> get off the pot right if in fact those two things go hand in hand mm-hmm. so that's interesting yeah because the EPL is is cool because it's the EPL and then it's like the championship mm-hmm. and then it's League One and so like it just goes down in a tier system yeah. and that's how you could just pre-rank college football teams from this point forward like you could have promotion and relegation all the way down the list of like oh this team goes up to here now or this team goes up to here but when you ultimately get to the college football playoff what have we seen over the last years so it's the same amount of teams that are like featured there so my only thing with that is uh, and I was super consistent so like I apologize for saying this again I didn't think they should have morphed into expansion until they got some conference procedural protocol in place and you did say that early on like I'm, because you I, haven't been a fan of going to 12 is it a 12 team playoff yeah without the conferences playing by the same rules mm-hmm. I, I still think that's that's a recipe because you really you didn't really solve the problem of teams five and six that didn't get in now you'll just be arguing about teams eight through 12 mm-hmm. or what you know right or not eight through 12 12 through or 13 through 16 or whatever because it's not uniform in terms of at least give me the same number of conference games played like just just bare minimum and i get it right i understand tv inventory Mm -hmm. and 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 i and i understand and now it may not matter right because uh, with the conferences being so big and now now we'll see what happens in in the next couple years right you're you're right The, the next television deals Will be interesting because I'm not convinced. And eight 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 six three eight four eight seven six. I'm not so convinced that streaming will be as much of the way of the future as we think. I, I, I'm I I, I mm-hmm. have a little reservation, but I mean technology and and is obviously going to play a role in that right. too, right? Like you have to be able to support the product mm-hmm. from a from an infrastructure standpoint too, right? Well, do unless we, do we want to get into loading and being on delay? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're going to have to up that game too because the more people that start to stream and I I'm sure there's a significant amount of people that are streaming. But for streaming live sports events there will have to be some give and take. Yeah, turn there. off your ESPN notifications. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, right, and unless every team is streaming, it's not going to work because w- at least every every Fire Stick, every Roku that you have is paired up to a, some type some, of some, TV yeah, yeah. deal. And yes, Te- technology is definitely going to have to catch up to the streaming right. world. Right, and, and you bring up a great point with delay because that's the world we live in now. If I'm watching the St. Louis Cardinals at home today, mm-hmm. what my parents are watching at home on live TV is 30 seconds ahead of what I'm seeing. Yeah, you're so sitting on your couch and your dad's like, man, Arenado with the double, and it's still – Yeah, Arenado's I mean, a two-in-one count. Dig, he's still yeah, digging exactly. in, right? Yeah, so, uh, you know, that that's an excellent point. But if I look, you know, big picture, I, just, I agree with you. I don't know if, if it can ever be done because with how much – with how great TV 
revenue is for these schools, they're not going to want to go to a streaming option and, and change things up because they're still going to get the money they want from the TV big dogs. You know, the, a good guinea pig will be, you know, a playoff game on Peacock in the NFL. Or, you know, if Nebraska has a Peacock, you know, broadcast, mm -hmm. like what will be – you know how many people, though, won't or try to illegally watch that game? Oh, for sure. Because they already spend hundreds of dollars on their cable provider. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want to spend another 20 30 bucks to go and watch you know, this playoff game. It's kind of like what I do with UFC. I go to a restaurant that has the UFC fight so that I don't have to pay the pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, it's just what you do, and that's just what – what we do as a society we don't want to have to keep spending 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 just because they're they're out there somebody else is going to have it and so i'm going to go and, and resort to that resource i just i'm a i'm a little hesitant to think that without anything changing that streaming could really because look man apple kind of let you know with the whatever the tentative numbers were for the pac-12 deal I mean, you'd have to have a lot of folks subscribing to that service just to match half of what, you know, moving conferences and not getting full payouts would accomplish. Like, you have to have 10% of the country streaming, 12% of the country, just to get to those numbers for Apple. I, I just don't know about – I mm -hmm. just don't think that model is sustainable, at least as of right now. Right. Right, so – you know, maybe the networks come back into play. I don't know. But I, I don't. At I least don't, over on, on the West Coast, I don't know if the networks even want to be involved. You know, if you're Nebraska, shoot, man. If you're Trev Alberts and, and you're acknowledging that kind of that premier league model, mm -hmm. you better hope that you're one of those programs that can put yourself in contention, contention to be, every year to be elevated mm -hmm. and not relegated. Right, because as of right now, if you look at the teams in here across the board and you tried to just point to one team that hasn't been, you know, pulling their own weight, it's Nebraska. Yeah. It's Nebraska and the teams of 28. 100%. Um, let's change gears here because I know we're going to run out of time if we don't, if we save it for the short segment. So, Shane, let's do the six-pack now. <laughs> Before we do the six-pack, by the way, wouldn't Apple or – Peacock, wouldn't they want to uh, promote their their brand, their other entities, their other? I mean, isn't that the reason why that they're probably getting going with the football like that, so they can broaden their scope with their other other uh, you know products that they have? I guess it's all relative, but is is Apple such a monster where they haven't had to get into the practical application of? their subscribers because so many people have Apple products. I don't, I don't know. Enough. I, I'm just, it's a I'm good just, question. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm just mm. thinking out loud. Right. Because it's, it's like in one, there are a couple of different entities, right? If, if in one hand, all these people are spending money and I'm looking at our bottom line, like, Ooh, you know, we're Apple. We're, we're this, this, look at it. Look at our right. products are right. You know, our, our hardened software versus the actual, streaming services, mm -hmm. that's a different warehouse. Yeah, because I don't have access. That's a different revenue stream because even though you have Apple products. Doesn't mean I have access to Apple TV. Correct. And I, I would have to pay for Apple TV right. if I wanted it. 
So are you making so much here where you're willing to lose a little here? I mean, I think I may be way out of pocket. It seems like that's the way that ESPN tried to go, and it eventually caught up with them with the app mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. their features and ESPN+. Plus. Like, it, it, it seems like they eventually reached a point of, of diminishing returns. Right. Would a company like Apple experience that? I think on some level it's all unless relative. You right? Unless you combine a bunch of things like ESPN did. So, like, when Disney bought out ESPN, now it's ESPN+, Plus, it's Disney+, Plus, and it's Hulu packaged together in yeah. one deal. So maybe Apple TV Do you have enough inventory to offer? That's, that's the question. And now Apple could go out and buy something. They could go out and buy Paramount Plus if they wanted to, or they could go out and buy Showtime and like pair something together so mm. it, it intrigues you in more interest than one because that's how, that's how Disney really gets the bulk of their money. I don't get Disney Plus because I want to go home and watch Snow Pocahontas White. Or right? so, yeah. I have Disney Plus because, okay, well. You want what comes with it. Right. I have Hulu because I, I have shows that I like on Hulu. I have ESPN Plus, which I watch all the time. When hockey is on TV, when NHL is on TV, I'm always on ESPN Plus. And if I'm around my niece, boom, now I have Disney Plus for the kids. Would you go the way of sports a la carte? Like if it's I would love to, but I don't know if that would ever be a thing because TVs would lose out on so many other things in regards to money. Huh. I would love to. I would love to just be able to pick my channels. I've talked about this forever. I don't know why a TV company doesn't, but it's because uh, I, I don't know if you can really compete like that. I don't know if you can buy just one channel. You'd be, you'd be, it'd be the whole volume versus. I would much rather do a la carte, though. Mm. I wish you could. The world today, we should be able to. But in, until one person does it, they're making a ton of money altogether. But, I mean, you'd, got, you'd have <clears throat> – excuse me. And I know we're getting ready to start the six-pack here, Shane. But you'd have to think that would a la carte in terms of the television packages be like a la carte at a restaurant where you know it's more mm -hmm. expensive if you don't get it included in the meal. That's true. It's very true. If I want the extra side of mac and cheese or whatever. How good is the mac mm -hmm. and cheese? Yeah. I, I don't know. I have some reservations about what the streaming services will be able to do just because we have to be able to support it. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm talking about, like, the technical side of it. Because the product was going to suffer. It has to. I just don't know, like, if, if, if they can, like, the volume would have to be overwhelming. Like, how am I not going to be loading? Like, what if your Wi-Fi is down? Yep. That's another great point. Yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine? I, I would, I, because this is what happens all the time when you see videos. You're, it, there's 30 seconds left in the game. Your team's driving. Oh. No, not even. Let's just say there's four and, seconds left and, in the game. And you're, and you're, about to, you're lining up for a field goal, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, you get the buffer ring, right? And then five seconds later, you're trying to refresh the stream, and you see your kicker celebrating. Yeah, my buddy, Omaha Ryan, he said – I just dubbed him Omaha Ryan. He's really just RP. He's Caleb's agent. He says, I'm pissed that the NFL ticket is streaming now. The latency is mm -hmm. a huge problem, and it isn't going to get any better. Yeah. Like, I, I get fantasy football updates before touchdowns are actually scored because I have Sunday ticket. Huh. Got to be something out there, though. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, first we thought it was like fiber optics. But that's the only way I can like watch those games sometimes, right? It's oh, the same one, thing one, with, 100%. With, with MLB. Is like, it? What, what will the pushback be when, when Nebraska plays on Peacock? <laughs> it's Maryland, right? It's Peacock. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? Well, would you rather spend, you know, 50 bucks to get, you know, whatever for that day? Or are you just taking the family on a road trip and you're spending a little extra to go watch them in person? I don't know, but that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that will be a and, – and Nebraska gets huge viewership numbers. And that's why they're, uh, you know, embodied the, with the gonna, rest. It's going to be the peacock flex, and people are going to lose their minds. Mm-hmm. Well, people already lose their minds over the Apple TV baseball broadcasts. Oh, I oh know the it. broadcasters are horrible. And, oh, the, the, it's, just, it's just poor baseball. Like, they just don't – the camera angles, the way they switch, it's not the same like you see it with your regular yes. network provider. Gonna be interesting. Well, it's different. Different uh, people doing it. I mean, that is what it is. Yeah, I, that's w- to to land the plane. I guess that's why I'm a little, I'm a smidge leery mm-hmm. over the Devin Leary. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Devin Leary. Dennis Leary. Dennis too. What's he doing now? Is he still alive? I don't know. Maybe. I'm terrible at that game. That's what we should do. We should just dead or alive. Dead or alive. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> new one. <laughs> Trent would be wearing me out. <laughs> I don't know if Trent's all about dead or alive people, but we could see. I don't know if we can make the six-pack. Uh, we definitely can, but we could maybe start it. Shano? I will try to do a better job reading so it doesn't take forever. <laughs> all right, Jay. Where, where's Sasha at, P- at Pinnacle Bank when we I just her? won't drink as much, even though I, what I do drink. Cam? I Calling in it. Cam? Yeah, just keep the belching to a minimum. Time now for the Sports Six Pack, presented by Zipline Brewing Company, makers of Dear Old Nebraska Brew, the official beer of Nebraska alumni. Mm, and the beer we are pushing, can opener tropical ale, the guava hints, the uh, citrus hints in this brew. It's the perfect summer beer. We're on the tail end. You can still enjoy a can opener tropical ale. Find <laughs> it at any of your favorite stores or uh, any zipline location. Shaner? Question number one. It's always a good time, isn't it? <laughs> Noon somewhere. Ken on you, YouTube. How much did pre- how much did pressure as the chosen one affect Taylor Martinez and injuries? He was still just a freshman slash young player had COVID year. Uh, was he the chosen one? Was he considered the chosen one? Or was Scott Frost really the chosen one? <laughs> no, he, he will to know the pressure. <laughs> See, I, I, don't think, I don't think Taylor Martinez had that pressure. Right? Did you say Taylor and not mm-hmm. Adrian? I said Taylor. That's what it says. Taylor. Uh, I don't Because Taylor won the job in the offseason. He kind of came from off the radar. He was a guy that came in to play free safety. He was in camp, and all of a sudden they put him on the other side of the ball and he made like a thousand plays, and Coach Planey was like, "Ah, oh, man, I think we may have something here." He kind of came from off the grid, but maybe to repeat the first year was where the was where the pressure. Now, was it. the was the question meant though for Adrian because that would be the COVID year? Yeah. So should it be Adrian? Was it meant to be Adrian and not Taylor? Could be because that would make sense. That's why I just wanted clarity. Right. If it is Adrian, because I was wondering why you asked the question. Then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> if it is in fact Adrian with the COVID year, I think yeah, the pressure for a repeat performance definitely mounted. And you're talking about a guy that had spent, he'd missed the previous two years of playing football and had never won a ton, mm-hmm. right? I, I I definitely think he was on Heisman lists. 
and that was the thing. Like, uh, you know, the hype was building for him, but I don't know if the team was ready for that hype just yet. Yeah. And I don't think it was an Adrian problem. I think it was just an overall team problem. That was so QB-centric. A combination of both. But, yeah, the pressure didn't help. Go ahead, Shane. Fit one more. Question number two. Steven in Omaha. I'm from Minneapolis, and Kirk Cousins absolutely doesn't suck. <laughs> you don't even have one good reason to back that up. Get off my lawn. <laughs> All right, Steven. Um, wait, okay. So what? what's – what? okay, you want one reason? He's only getting me 15 points in fantasy. <laughs> Uh, what what is Kirk Cousins' record in primetime like? Twelve oh, here, and twenty. Here, here we go. It, it, would you say that record's good, DB? I'm I'm just asking, just man to man. For a friend. Is that record no, good? No, the record's not great. Um, yeah. Would you say it sucks? That yeah. I yeah, mean, Kirk Cousins sucks. There you go, Stephen. <laughs> oh lord. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Oh, where's Mr. Kowalski when I need him? <laughs> All right, yeah. I appreciate the I appreciate the uh, statement though. It wasn't really a question. <laughs> It was just a statement. <laughs> Is that a plant? Are you Josh Fleeks? Uh, I just had to shave off a pound before I came back the next day. Wow. <laughs> All right, so we got four more questions to get to. We'll get to those when we come back. Don't worry, your questions await. As long as they're all questions. We still have Michael Brunts to close out the show at 945, so stick around for him. He's got bragging rights. Definitely does. <laughs> I, de I definitely don't. I ate nothing. <laughs> ate nothing. <laughs> you know how many runs I scored in the first inning? Four. You know how long I lasted? One out. <laughs> we'll be back with the rest of the six pack. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. All right, we're back. Three, four, five, and six awaiting of the sports six-pack because Shane's just nursing beer two over there. So did you finish yet, Shane? Can we move on? I don't know. I got a lot of cans sitting over here. A lot? You've only gone through two. I guess two I've, I've been stacking you. them up for weeks. Yeah, weeks would be about right. You'd be at about two. <laughs> no, I'd be at about six. I'd take it. One out of every six and a couple I mean, that's, that's about right, you know. That's two beers every – it's a beer. Yeah. How about know, a beer? Something. Here, I'm just going to have one right now. Question number three. If you could give a surprise team to make the college football playoff this season, who would it be and why? Uh, out, of, out of the four? It's, or is it – yeah, because we're still in the four format, right? Conferences? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, I, no, I meant just like only four teams make the playoffs. <laughs> uh, I would – yeah. I would, I'm, I'm going with Texas Tech. And it's because of their schedule. That is a surprise team. Consistent with that. Um, Texas Tech, very user-friendly schedule. Is it crazy to say Notre Dame? Could they get they're, back? They're outside the top ten. They would be a dark. They would be considered a dark horse. I mean, if imagine you know, if, imagine if Hartman is good. Right, that's what I'm saying they got a lot of other pieces. You know, elite does defensively. Does it shock you that Arkansas is out of the top twenty-five, returning KJ Jefferson? So he's been so hit or miss, though. Like, how would you describe? That's a great question. How would you describe? Not mine, but yours. 
How would you describe KJ Jefferson as a quarterback? Mm. Uh, just a familiar name, right? Because I mean, they, we're, they, in, a, they we're in a world where college football quarterbacks just aren't familiar names right now. <laughs> so, do you remember you watching them against Kansas? Oh, last they year? were not good. I remember him. Was it a fumble on like the three? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's he's kind of an enigma. He is. I, I can get. I can vibe with that. But remember, we were in love with Arkansas. And that's that coaching staff for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, Texas Tech is unranked too, right? Yeah. They're like, I think they 30th? should be like 26th. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, um, I, that that would be my, that's a true dark horse. That, K- is, K- that K- is a real Katie dark Perry, horse. Katie Perry, as I mentioned in the mm-hmm. meeting yesterday, which we <laughs> will not play. <laughs> did you like <laughs> that? Yeah, I, I, can't be- I couldn't believe you found that in your brain. <laughs> well, and I, if it was just us, like me, you, and Shane, I probably it comes more. I'm like, God, I just did this in front of like, I every, everybody. Well, see, I didn't even react because you do it all the I time. I do it all the time, yeah. So, yeah. you know, to everybody else, it was probably like, did he just did yeah. he just do that? Like, he knows bad. Katy Perry? It's bad. Wait, I didn't Wait, I his didn't daughter's only five. Does she know who Katy Perry is? <laughs> how, about her, how about her wanting me to play Pink in the car last night? What song? So I didn't know, and she said uh, I, I, something about the – I think it's all I know so far, but the way she described it was, you know, the one about you're thinking in your head. So I remember Googling the whatever she told me, pink lyrics, and that's what came up. Smart girl. Yeah, she knows the words. It's kind of scary. Google it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> G-I-B. Utah could be really fun to watch this year, too, if Cam Rising is healthy. Yeah, when do they get him? Week two, week one, mm-hmm. week three? Shoulder shrug. <laughs> I don't know. He can't even run and cut yet. Or he's not cleared to. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Uh, Googling is overrated, but you know what's not overrated? <laughs> Googling. How many, Drinking. How many syllables? <laughs> Question number four. Medical wonder, isn't he? Brad in Omaha, when do you think all this conference realignment will end? Two years. Oh, you're actually giving it a date. Two years. Yeah. I don't feel confident giving a date just yet. <laughs> I don't know. Dare to be wrong, DB. Yeah, probably right about that. I don't know. Conference realignment is going to be something until it's n- not something, right? Once they finally find um, a good layout of what they like, that's when it will end. But right now, it's just a big idea. Uh, I, I'm guessing. Just spitballing here. You're going to have to think, though, that, okay, you have four Pac-12 teams that still need to move. The Mountain West doesn't open up till next year. Isn't the AAC all changing at the remainder right, of the AAC? Right, change. and then the ACC. I still think Florida State could be leaving eventually. Dude, they're wild. Right? Yeah. I wonder, I, I'm going to ask my guy. I'm going to ask Ryan where he wants him to go. He's a huge Florida State fan. But it, Dr. maybe Lucas, you don't go our, anywhere. Our soup, huge mm-hmm. FSU Maybe fan. you don't go anywhere if you do something like we talked about with the – College Football Federation, as Stuart Mandel put it, yeah. with, with the EPL look. Maybe you don't go anywhere. So that was a good point. Was that on our sh- was that on our comment section? It was Twitter, Twitter by Daniel. Yeah, that's he made excellent a good, point. I hate to admit he Ring made his a good bell. point, but he made a good point. So the point that Amazing Daniel made was the idea of rele- relegation and promotion is fun, but I'd lose interest if I don't have a team to root for in the top league. Makes sense, unless the lower leagues had a path to the playoffs. Plus, promotion is for next year's team which doesn't make sense in college. And that's pr- that's the point that 
everybody needs to remember with how the EPL works. You win the championship, your team carries over yeah. up top to the top league now. It's not like you just get lost. So maybe the relegation point can't even be done because of that. Because if you have a good team, if you have a good Cincinnati team, yeah. you know, I'll remember Luke Fickle's teams here. If you have a good team that makes the college football playoff, well, Cincinnati wasn't a college football playoff team the next year. Everybody left. Everybody dispersed. Good point. TCU would be actually a bad example because I think they could TCU be okay could this be year. Okay. Question number five. James wants to know, I'm just returning from vacay, but did you guys talk about all the shirts the Northwestern coaching staff was wearing last week? Yeah, that was. Mm, I didn't talk about it, but. The that, rally, the ra the best, yeah. in essence, rallying for Fitz. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a little weird. I don't know, man. Kind I, of a weird flex by the, the coaches that they could do that. I feel like I'm living in a glass house. So. It was Cats Against the World with Fitz's number 51 on it. Cats against the world. It's okay. I mean, I, I'm not going to knock the hustle. They, they're going to rally for their guy. I support it. I kind of like the cats against the world, uh, but yeah. maybe just leave the number off. We have given up on them. Right? Yeah, like, but I, yeah, that's probably the right answer. Leave the fits. Because, you know, you can have your own yeah. you know, vision for what it stands for while other people can, like, assume what it stands for. But if you put his number on there – People can connect the dots. Yeah. It just does. It seems like a weird flex at this point in time. I because just, you guys survived this, because you'll still play football, you're just going to, you know, act. I, I got to keep it 100, don't I, Shane? I mean, we were mad at Armin Katayan from CBS in the 90s. So <laughs> you we, mad. We, we wore the see through the BS T-shirts, and we interviewed Armin Katayan a couple years ago, and I told that Shane. That was great. It turned out to be good. He apologized. Yeah. But that I was, was I felt some type of way going into that interview. Hmm. So and we had T shirts, right? See through the BS. Because it was of the portrayal of how they, they talked about our program um in ninety four, so I'm all for the what do they call it now? Sloganeer? Yeah. I love sloganeer. But, but I'm kind of with you on maybe leave off the number. It's like implied right? it's implied what we like who you're rallying for, so I I don't know, but I, I don't have a – I'm not mad at him for mm -hmm. it, right, because I've, I've been it's in that It's just kind of weird. I've been in that boat. Question number six. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, would you rather be forced to stay at a bowling alley until you bowl a total score of 3,000 with one other person or of similar skill level to you, or do you one-chip challenge? Okay, so would you rather be at a bowling alley, you have to get to 3,000, but you're, you're partnered up with somebody with the same skill level as you, and well, you I'm can't leave until you get to 3,000 total. So how long would it take me? I'm a career 107 bowler. Oh, man, so if I'm a you, one... You bowl three games, right? Do we have to all total... We have to total 3,000? No, so or you just bowl 10 frames, right, and you get to 107, right? Yeah. So that's one game, right? And I bowl 107 too because I'm the same level. So 214. We'll just say two to make it easy. Say it's just 100. That's a lot of games. 60, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, right? I, I oh, math, guys. J J Jamie is so disappointed in me right now. 15 <laughs> times 200 is what? I said 60. That would be 12,000. Come on, DB. 
We got to get to 3,000. Yeah. Divide it by 200. Yeah, it's 15 games. Yeah, 15. That's a long. That's a day. <laughs> yeah, because one one. I would say so. I went bowling with Ashley's work group. Yeah. And oh, bless your soul. Gosh. Oh. We, but it was like the the little bowling that there's a bar in Blackstone. I can't remember what it's called. Um, little, little bowling. It is. It's like little bowling. Shane. Yeah, Shane. Never, you never, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> nah, I just do the one chip challenge. Oh, okay. Thank I don't know you. if I'd want to do the one chip uh, challenge. I'd rather spend a day at the bowling alley. But remember, you have to put up the funds to do it too. And bowling isn't cheap. Probably spending my competitive would bucks. probably save the one chip challenge. See, how long am I going to be miserable for? Thirty minutes? An hour? I don't know how long the can that drink, lasts. Can I drink milk? Right after? I don't, don't you have to wait five minutes? I don't know. Give me the challenge, bro. <laughs> All right, Michael Brent's up next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. The 0-1 pitch. That swung on a drive to right field. Going back as Walker just looks up, and it is gone! A home run for Sonnerstrom, and the A's lead 8 to nothing. I mean, you had to throw the ninth inning clip in there out, out of all clips. Like, we could have kept the score out of there, that, Shane. That's tough. Are you kidding? He's a big fan of our next game. Like, how about we just do, oh, a single to center after the first strikeout? Like, oh, that'd I'm, be sweet. I'm sorry. I played the wrong clip. This is the one I meant to play. The 0-1 pitch. That swung on a drive to right field. Going back as Walker just looks up, and it is gone! A home run for Sonnerstrom, and the A's lead 8 to nothing. Oh, wait, I'd rather hear, I'd one. rather hear the Japanese broadcast call. Can you play that one for me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> we got to stop doing that. It make it fun of people. <laughs> oh, man. Michael Brunt's here with us now. Brunt, you have to be feeling good. Yeah, I mean, it it wasn't a it, it wasn't excuse it wasn't an excuse me Yankee Stadium home run either. He got all of that one. Yeah, well, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> hey, Bruncey, question for you, baseball question before we go any further. He Edie just and I were stays on about his it. snark game, doesn't yeah, he? He does. Yep. And, it, and, in fact, he adds in a nice analogy that I can understand because I'm dumb. Don't you want to um, see – wouldn't you like to see how he and Shave Coig – Bruncey, how do you and Shave coexist in the same room? Do either of you ever give a, just a regular answer? <laughs> There's a lot of side talk, Yeah, yeah. That's probably, probably how I would describe it. <laughs> just answer the question. Uh, I'd rather, I'd rather hey, make you feel this big. Old. We're, the the older we get, the closer we get to Statler and Waldorf. I mean, when we get together, that's pretty much where we're at now. Just complaining. Hey, Brunty. So I asked Damon, and there's only about like maybe six or seven starts left for the man. But can Adam Wainwright get two wins, two more career wins, to get to 200 with only like six or seven starts left? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, that didn't sound uh, very confident. I mean, he's been <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if it's up to him. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, so hear me out. I think it is because if you watched the game against the Royals, he went one inning and gave up eight earned runs. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it, 
it's hard to know. Like when you get to September, like it's you, you kind of wonder like a, a team like the Cardinals are they going to keep playing or are they going to fold it up? I mean, I at least you know Oakland's terrible and they're going to get worse, but. Mm-hmm. At least they got young guys that, that still kind of have that bounce in their step and are kind of happy to be there. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe you catch catch a team like uh, that, that's folded it up and, and, you know, thinking about playing golf in the offseason, maybe that, that works to his favor. It's hard to believe that, like, Wainwright is chasing 200, and we asked the question, and guys like Jamie Moyer, who was old as Methuselah, has, like, 269. Uh-huh. Like, it is – yeah, baseball has gotten much tougher. Well, yeah, and it, I mean it's that, that three hundred thing. I mean, oh, that's Gonzo. Who's even closer? Right now, Verlander, maybe. Probably Verlander, Scherzer, right? The Granky's old heads, probably Granky, up yeah, there. old heads. Yeah, I mean, there's just not. I don't know. Some of the the, the harder thrown young guys. I mean, you you, you just can't. You, you can't project longevity like that anymore, I guess. I, I don't know. And I, I don't know if that – maybe something changes in baseball where it comes back around. But it's uh, – I think that's going to be kind of more of the unique um, – Yeah, Verlander's you know, only at 252. Yeah, and Granky, I'm looking right now, he's only at 224. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's... I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, that, that's going to be a rarity. I mean, I think 3,000 is going to be a little bit that way as well just with – you know, the, the way that the game has been so much more now about, you know, strikeouts and hitting home runs. But, yeah, I, the, the, the 300 thing, I mean, that, that's going to be more of a unicorn, I think, with each passing year. Holy I'm – just, I'm just scrolling through this list, and I'm looking at active players. After Wainwright, who do you think is the next one on this list? Um, I don't know. Johnny Cueto. <laughs> Johnny Cueto at he 143. Just, he just started the other day against his old team, against the Reds. Wait, is Cole Hamill still active? No, he just retired. Okay, thank goodness. So yeah, it's Johnny L- like, Cueto. like literally just retired like two weeks ago. Hey, Bruncey, when you're looking at when you're listening to the to the tenor of of Coach Rule, do you get more patient with how he's kind of a brick by brick guy, or less patient because you want to? Have him skip through this first part to see what the goodness is at the end. Uh, well, first off, how long would I have to stay on the phone with you guys until you would have picked Johnny Cueto? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? Right? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I would have come up with Johnny Cueto if I was sitting on here for like three days. Yeah, no. you, I, 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 he's pro- 100% yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. in agreement too. Uh, but no, but your question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I guess the brick by brick stuff kind of fits with uh, with fall camp, right? Like you're, we're week three now. Um, you know, we've, we I think we've pretty much talked to everybody that you would expect to talk to. Um, I, I guess you know when he's saying it, the players are saying it. To me, it's it's uh, you know maybe a sign that whatever they're preaching. Um, it is sinking in and, and you know the one percent one percent better i mean i does it ma- does it matter we'll see i mean i'm i'm eager to to get the season started to see what this is all going to look like um but no i mean i i think you know they, they've got their messages that they're hammering home and i guess it, it's been a while since i can think of a uh a slogan or, or kind of that that <laughs> outlook on things slogan um, 
Sloganeering I, again, huh, Bruncey? I, I did not say sloganeering, and I said uh, slogan. <laughs> <laughs> sloganeering is the verb. I think to me it's buy-in, and I, I think mm. that's, you, you need that now. And if, if it takes every guy talking about the 1% thing um, during post-practice interviews, it is what it is, I guess. So, Bruncey, stay with that buy-in take because, you know, as building chemistry is key, especially on the offensive side of the ball between pass catcher and, and, you know, quarterback. And we heard Fedoni talk a little bit about that. We've heard Sims talk a little bit about that over recent days. How many respect points and, and buy-in points do you think Sims earned this offseason with the offense by just the way he went about his business? So, like, for example, the studying up on the roster so he can memorize everybody's names and, and things like that. Yeah, it helps. I mean, I, I, think, I think for him, um, you know, do we, do we undersell how difficult it is to come in as a transfer quarterback and kind of get into the, into the walls of things? Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. I think it's tough. And we've, we've gotten a couple different examples of that through the years. Um, you know, I, I think that from my read of it, I think Jeff Sims has, has kind of gotten in the in the in with the roster a little bit better than maybe what Casey Thompson had done uh, at this point. Um, and I don't know if that's part of that is just you know you're coming in with the new coaching staff, so it's all new. Um, but you know, I, I think I think Jeff Sims is a pretty low key guy. I mean, even when he talks to the media, I think he's thoughtful, but not necessarily. Um, verbose, um, and and I think he's a likable guy. I mean, and and you know he he ran everything this summer. I think in some ways, you know, the the transfers out of the quarterback room that they had in the spring probably helped him being able to, uh, you know, be accepted and and be more of a leader because you know if not him then who? Because there was it it, it very easily cleared out the question of who the starter was going to be. And I think it provided everybody somebody that they could rally around without having to wait at the fall camp and going through a quarterback competition and all that stuff. We'll see what it, you know, what it counts for when, when games get going. But, um, you know, I, I, my sense is, is that Jeff Sims is, is very much in control of things, and I think he's the kind of guy that his teammates are going to follow. Bronson, you, you get a good feel, and you know a lot of people talking about this team behind the scenes. Do you – do you quietly have kind of an off-the-field MVP if Nebraska is going to be successful in year one? Um, you got Elsa, kind of Sean Padden, Corey Campbell. Campbell may be too easy. What about um, the nutritionist? Yeah. yeah, she's legit. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, when they hired the nutritionist, that was the first time I've ever had somebody that covers another program reach out to me and say, that's a big hire. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's everywhere and she has autonomy yeah no she she's around um she's definitely around you see her you see her when you know after practice a lot um she's obviously driving that bus with, with the way things are done there um I, I don't know i mean i think you know campbell probably deserves some some off season credit um you know they went about things a lot differently this off season in terms of training and how they did things and you know he has to kind of be the the enforcer and the guy that you know gets everybody to buy into that vision so 
uh, I'd, I'd probably go there. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, um, I think when you're over there, you get a sense of kind of how big of an operation it is because they've got a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, in order to kind of do things the way that Matt Roll wants them done and with the kind of detail that he wants them done, you, you need a lot of people. And I think that's been the thing that I've, that stood out over the last, you know, couple months is it's a big operation and we'll see, uh, see what they're able to do. And if Coggins and, and Campbell, nutritionist, strength mm-hmm. and conditioning, they probably got to work hand in hand too because that would just fit right along Brunson with everybody being on the same page kind of thing. For sure. For sure, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, there's a vision, and they got to execute it and do it together. This went way too fast because we were dinking around about baseball. I know it's my fault. Johnny Cueto, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bruncey, appreciate the time, man. We'll talk next week. Thanks, Bruncey. It's Michael Brun, senior writer for Oscar twenty four seven. That'll do it for coffee and cream this morning. We'll be back tomorrow.